my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing good. I guess we uh, we braved that so-called winter storm. I didn't see head nor tail of it, which is fine with me. <laughs> well, today... We have the next episode to do. Actually, it's more like episodes in the Jesse and Becky a Love Story series. And today we're going to be focusing on the two-part season two finale entitled Luck Be a Lady Part 1 and Part 2. Yes, you are getting two episodes in one. So sit back, get comfy, or mop your floor, do the dishes, whatever you want to do while the listening to this podcast, you walking your dog, whatever. So Luck Be a Lady Part 1, Season 2, Episode 21, aired on April 28th, 1989. In this episode, Danny and Becky have their morning talk show and live... Uh, they have their moment... Oh my goodness, I can't talk. It's like almost 1.30 in the afternoon. And I can't talk. Why? I don't know. Danny and Becky have their morning talk show live for the first time at a casino hotel in Lake Tahoe. Jesse dreams of romantic moments with Becky that are threatened when a film star comes along and Joey and the girls turn to gambling. And you know, DJ's 12, Stephanie's got to be 6 or 7, you girls aren't 21, they shouldn't even be in that casino, to be honest, there shouldn't be, well, even, I remember in this episode, Michelle spending her time in daycare, but it's whatever, this episode's got a 7.3 out of 10, based on 190 ratings. It was directed by Bill Foster, writers Jeff Franklin, Rob Dames, Bob Fraser, Dennis Rinsler, Mark Warren. All right, I want to see what other episodes of Full House Bill Foster directed. I wonder if he did both of these. Oh my goodness, this man has directed at least 23 episodes. Okay, he did do part one and part two. He did El Problema Grande D. DJ, which was episode 17 of season 2. We got, and he directed a lot of season 3. He directed Tanner's Island, Back to School Blues, Breaking Up is Hard to Do, Nerd for a Day, Granny Tanny, Star Search, and they call it Puppy Love. So basically, episode of season 3 is he, he straight up did 1 through 7. Someone else directed eight. He did Dr. Dare Rides Again, The Greatest Birthday on Earth, Aftershocks, Joey and Stacy, and oh yeah, Jesse. No more Mr. Dumb Guy, Misadventures in Babysitting, 13 Candles, Mr. Egghead. Those better not be the days, honey, I broke the house, three men, and another baby, Fraternity Reunion, and our first telethon. So, 
aside from episode 8 that he did not direct, looks like this, well, he also didn't direct episode 15 or 16, but other than those handful of episodes that he didn't direct, this guy pretty much directed all of season 3 just about. Like, there is 20, there's, yeah, a lot that he's done, and this guy's done a bit. A short-lived show called The Charmings. Who knows it? Benson. What's happening? He did an episode of that. Chico and the Man. This guy's... He's making magic happen. That's all I gotta say. He's making magic happen. So, let's see. What do we got here? Mr. Santana. Played by Louis Avalio. A-V-A-L-O-S. Oh, we have an R.I.P. He passed away in 2014. Oh, that's so... Oh, my good. It's almost January 22nd when he passed. Um, almost six years ago. He was 67. That is so sad. Let's give a little looksy-poo of what this guy did real quick. Because this guy's a fun character. He is a fun, fast-talking, hugging... This guy's a hugger. He... He's like Danny. He's a hugger. (laughs) But he can be serious when he needs to be. Which, when DJ and Steph think no one's watching them, when DJ pops that silver dollar into that coin slot, yeah. It's like, like, this is my casino. What you're doing is illegal. Yeah. We'll get more into that. The Electric Company, the show that ran from 1972 to 1977, he was in 650 episodes. Igor, Pedro, Dr. Dulatz, Roberto. We also have another guest star. His character's name is Todd Masters. He plays like this hot up-and-coming either actor or a soap opera star. He is played by actor Steve Bond. He is the one that kind of, if you want to say, comes in between Jesse and Becky. Jesse sees something go down. He takes it the wrong way. And, of course, in Jesse fashion, he overreacts and blows his top. Because that's how Jesse handles his problems, is he overreacts and makes everything bigger than what it is. So, yes, he was only one episode of Full House. 123 episodes of Santa Barbara from 89 to 1990. He played Mac Blake. I don't know who that is. Okay. So, the guy is doing stuff. He's getting the work. Looks like he is no longer acting. Oh, but he did a Hallmark movie called Enchanted Christmas. Good for him. That's great. Okay, I think we got it for our guest stars. Oh, the waitress, Sandra Wilde. Yep, um, she did. I don't think she really had a speaking role. That's the lady I'm thinking of who punched Jesse in the stomach because he was being disgusting. Yeah. All right, let's do some trivia first. And there's only a piece of trivia. The title is a song from the musical Guys and Dolls, as well as the Frank... Sinatra song of the same name. The original Broadway production of Guys and Dolls opened at the 26th Street Theater on November 24, 1950, ran for 1,200 performances, and won the 1951 Tony Award New York City for the Best Musical. Um, my only 
introduction of Luck Be a Lady would be from the transition scene in Mrs. Doubtfire when his character Daniel needs his brother and his brother's partner to help make him over into Mrs. Doubtfire. And they're trying, like, different looks. You know, Barbara Streisand with the long hair. You got an elderly lady and just stuff like that. So I just, I remember that. Luck Be a Lady. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of lady songs in Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, Luck Be a Lady. Dude Looks Like a Lady. Um... Stuff like that. <laughs> uh, oh, we got a goof. Okay. Michelle stated she wanted to watch Gilligan's Island while in daycare. Danny said, haven't you caught on by now? They're never getting off that island. However, they were in 1978, rescue from Gilligan's Island some 12 years before the show aired. And it's kind of funny that in season three, episode one, which I covered in the summer fun series I did between uh June and July and August was called Tanner Island, which is kind of like the Tanners and Becky get stranded on an island when they go to Hawaii. Kind of like, if you want to go like slightly Gilligan's Island a little-ish, because that does get brought up a bit. Continuity. When Jesse and Joey go into Danny's hotel room at Lake Tahoe, they leave the door open. The door then alternates between open and closed during the rest of the scene without anyone closing it or reopening it. Errors made by characters. Michelle stated she wanted to watch Gilligan's Island. I already... They have that on here uh, twice, and they only really needed it once. Alrighty, we got some reviews. Get ready for part one. Ooh... Oh, Power Amanda and Ever Faithful, but uh, he's, uh, <laughs> maybe he'll write part two better. But he gives this one a five out of ten, titles it not bad, but not great. This actually, this review was put up February 25th, 2018. Often two-part episodes are awesome. Unfortunately, Full House's Luck Be a Lady is rather average, is a rather average two-hour sector in the series. Danny and Becky are sent to host an episode of Wake Up San Francisco in Lake Tahoe with their guest being extremely handsome soap star. Okay, so I figured, yes, he was a soap opera star. Yep. Okay. And he's playing a character, Todd Master, so he's not playing, like, Mac whatever his character's name was on Santa Barbara. Jesse has romantic plans for both he and Becky, but is jealous by Masters. Meanwhile, Joey wins a lottery. Uh, excuse me, he does not. No, that's not how that goes down, but whatever. The episode taking place in Tahoe is a mistake. Why not make it Vegas? So much more glam and energy then. The romance plot is very fun of, is very, I think he meant to say run of the mill instead of, Fun of the mill. And Joey winning the lottery. Will you stop calling it a lottery? He's in a casino. He won the jackpot. Well, actually, DJ won it, but we'll get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> only to use it. Oh, only to lose it was pretty much the highlight. Really nothing else. Uh. All right, we got the next review for Luck Be a Lady Part 
one. This person gives it a 9 out of 10, and the title is Speaking of Love. This review was published on March 3rd, 2014 by Mitch RMP. Okay. So, the Tanner family is off to Tampa Bay. I think that's where they went. Well, they actually went to, uh, you know, uh, Lake Tahoe. Um, I don't know. Tampa Bay, is that the county? (laughs) I, I don't know. Tampa Bay? Isn't that in Florida? That's in Florida, right? Uh, he's upstairs. You can't hear me. Um, <laughs> I'll ask him. I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay is in Florida. Unless... Because they went to Lake Tahoe, which is in, what, Nevada, I think. Okay, they could have went to Lake Tahoe, California, because there is one, apparently. I didn't realize that. And they also, of course, I'm familiar with, what, Lake Tahoe, Nevada, right? I didn't know there was one in California. There's even one in Michigan. Like, my goodness, the Lake Tahoes are popping out of my ears. (laughs) You learn something new all the time. I learn something new all the time. Did you know that there's a Lake Tahoe in California as well as Nevada? Yeah, there is. I looked it up. There's one in Michigan also. There's three Lake Tahoes. That is so weird. That's like they're being in Palm Springs in California and Florida. Yeah. Okay. For a special broadcast of Wake Up San Francisco from a hotel casino. The girls are excited but bummed when their father tells them they can't gamble. I, what, I know that some casinos have like kid areas with arcades and games and stuff like that. Because when I went to one when I was like 18, I went with a friend and his parents and his brother. And the thing is... Where I'm at, you can gamble when you're 18. You just got to have your license. And I guess I didn't have my license with me. But me and my friend, we just, we checked out the arcade area. And then we ended up just walking down the road outside the uh, casino to McDonald's. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we did. But I think Danny definitely should have went over the rules with the girls. Like, girls, you're coming with us to help support the show, but... That area that's ripped off over there with those slot machines, they may look like fun. They are fun, but you both are way underage and you are not allowed to be over there. There would be a security guard for that reason just in there. Just, I mean, there's security guards all throughout casinos. They're there for a reason. That doesn't stop them from watching Joey, who is merely trying to teach the kids a lesson in gambling. Basically, he's telling them what a waste of money it is to gamble. And, of course, joke's on him because he wins, like, $5 or $25 on the first pull off the slot machine. He says something goes wrong and Joey wins 10000 Or did he? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Jesse is ready to say those three magical words to Becky, but things don't go as they plan. He gets jealous over a movie star that she's interviewing, and he goes a bit crazy. Then he, they end up in a big fight, and then 
This is another first for Jesse and Becky. That's right. They tell each other, I love you. I think it's a classic fight. One of the top Jesse-Becky fights of all time. What's the other, the other fight that I can think of? It's like from the breakup episode. Where um, breaking up is hard to do in like 22 minutes. So I'm going to do a rundown here of part two, and then we're just going to do parts one. Like I said, it's a double episode. I'm going to just go through part one and then jump straight into part two. So I'm going to get all the info. You're getting it, all of it now. So season two, episode 22, Luck Be a Lady, part two, aired May 5th, 1989. Yes, I know. I had to wait a week, too, to find out what was going to happen. In this episode, Jesse and Becky decide to marry each other secretly right away, and DJ and Steph are easily aware that they are hiding something, and they play detectives. This episode's got a 7.5. What was the last one? It was like 7.3, so it bumped up by two points. Cool. Alright, 7.5 out of 10 based on 191 ratings. I don't think there, yeah. Oh, um, Helen Martin plays Shirley. This lady looks like I've seen her. Oh, oh, we have another RRP. She passed away almost 20 years ago. But she was 90. But, what does this say? Something about, oh, after, I thought it said something about her being a, um, Miss America, but no. Alright, let's take a little looksy-wooks at her filmography. See if there's... Was this lady in Different Strokes an episode? I don't know. Two episodes of Maud, which ran from 72 to 78. She played Stella. Six episodes of a show called That's My Mama. Never heard of it. Four episodes of Sanford and Son. Stuff is basically all in the 70s. 13 episodes of Baby, I'm Back. What is this show about? This ran from 77 to 78. This episode, or this Baby, I'm Back thing only lasted 13 episodes. Here's the premise of that. Ray Ellis returns to his wife after seven years of abandonment only to find she is engaged to another man. Well, what do you think? She's going to wait around for you for seven years? No, she's going to move on with her life. And good for her. She was on three episodes of What's Happening. Seven episodes of Good Times. Let's see here. Stalker Channing had a show? I didn't know that. Oh, she played a maid. Okay. She was really, well, she was in 116 episodes of 227. She played Pearl Shea. Must be like a neighbor or something. And, of course, the last movie she did was Something to Sing About. She played an elderly woman, so this would have been released the year that she passed. Okay. This lady, oh my goodness, she is, wow, she is a firecracker. (laughs) I will go that far. She is, wow. That was Helen Martin. What in the world is, don't be a menace. Is she smoking a joint? What is that? That's a big, thick, oh my god. Don't be a menace to sell central while drinking your juice in the hood. I've heard of that movie. I've never seen it, but I've worked in two video stores, so I know what the cover looks like. Good grief, this lady. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> okay, let's move <laughs> on. This episode, of course, Bill Foster directed it. Like, he directed pretty much all of season three. 
Writers Jeff Franklin, Rob Dames, Bob Frazier, Lawrence H. Harstein, and Richard Rosner. Okay. I like how this Bob Frazier, he's got a little red bow tie. That's adorable. Okay, I don't know about this goof here. This doesn't make sense. Okay, so when Stephanie asks where Jesse and Becky are going while they're at the wedding ceremony, Jesse says, we're going to stay right here in San Francisco. This episode takes place in Lake Tahoe, not San Francisco. You... What? This isn't a goof. He's making a statement as in we're going to stay right here in San Francisco as in where they live. Which, Becky, of course, I'll, I'll get to that when I get to that scene. Factual errors. It is not possible for a single line phone to accept an incoming call when the receiver is off the hook. Okay, that's a factual error. Alright, looks like Power Mandan gave uh, part 2 a 6 out of 10 with the title A Tiny Bit Better Than Second. Tiny Bit Better Second Half, February 25th, 2018. Often two-part episodes are awesome. Unfortunately, Look Be a Lady is rather ever... Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Um, Let's see. This pretty much seems like the same review he did for part one, so I'm not going to read it. 7 out of 10, the one where Jesse and Becky almost got married. This is from Taylor Kingston. I recognize the name. I've seen... uh, the reviews on other episodes. So this was uh, published June 1st, 2015. Warning, spoilers. But then again, guys, if you're here for, for, for Full House, you've seen the episodes. You know what goes down. All right. I love this episode. It's funny. And I love all the excitement that goes on. In this episode, Jesse and Becky decide to get married, but in secret and right away. But DJ and Stephanie think that something is going on and are determined to get to the bottom of it. They snoop and play detective. I probably would have been doing the same thing at that age. <laughs> Eventually finding out what's happening. They tell Danny and Joey, and they all go to see what's happening. Jesse and Becky don't end up getting married, as they think if and when they get married, it should be somewhere special with all their family. Yeah, they were going to elope. And their family, well, his family's there. It's like, what, you don't want them to take part in it? This big momentous, it just, it was rushed, and it was just, come on now, guys. Come on now. Because, you know, eventually, Becky realizes, like, no, we need to take our time to get to know each other and actually plan out a wedding, a real wedding. But how many people out there probably eloped and then later on just had a big wedding for their family and friends? Which they do say when we got back, we were going to throw a big party. It's like, congratulations, we got married and you weren't part of the celebration. <laughs> I would have been hurt if that were the case. I would have been so hurt. All right. Now I lost my face. <laughs> Overall, I'll give this episode a 7 out of 10, which in my ratings book is great. 6 out of 10, Marriage Vegas Style, March 4th, 2014 by Mitch MP. okay. Well, it's not Vegas, but Jesse and Becky are still planning a quick wedding slash honeymoon in a casino hotel. The girls are the first to find out. Then the guys discover when Michelle actually spills the beans. The first part of the episode was great, but I just didn't like the second part. As far as Jesse and Becky were concerned, I can't really give a reason, but it that it seemed a bit odd and way out of character for Becky. 
The story about Joey and the slot machine is pretty smart. His lesson was a good one, even though it was sort of botched right after. The happening was pretty predictable. And pretty much the trivia is the same as for part one, so. All right. All right, of course, before I officially get into covering the episodes, I do have to tell you how you can follow along with the podcast and find out what episodes I'll be covering in the future. Uh, One place you can go is Facebook. On social media, you just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast, and the All My Land to Holy Chalupa's Full House Fuller House Podcast should pop up. You can just click like and follow along. And you can take part in trivia questions and giveaways. I have a big giveaway coming up for the celebration of the one-year anniversary of the All My Lanto Holy Chalupas Full House Fuller House podcast in April because that will be its one-year anniversary. Also, Instagram at OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. And Twitter... At OMHC Full House. So OMHC, of course, stands for All My Land to Holy Chalupas. If you would like to send an email on your favorite episodes, or you have episode requests, which I'll take into consideration, or if you want to share your opinions about previous or future episodes, you can even send audio clips to OMHC. FH, FH podcast at gmail.com. Just remember to keep, you know, it's a clean podcast. Keep the audio comments clean. And yeah. Also, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. You can even use emojis to describe your favorite episodes and favorite characters. Just have fun and be creative. So, all right, let's finally jump into the cold open, which takes place in the kitchen. Danny's got Michelle's lunch, which is interesting because why is she not eating with the rest of the family? Unless the rest of the family are out doing things. And Michelle, of course, what child toddler hasn't done this where they've acted like a dog or an animal of sorts? Because she starts coming out from behind the kitchen island on all fours. And Danny, of course, plays along with her. Like, oh, what do we have here? A little dog? Because this is before comment arrives, so. Oh, she says, I'm a doggy. (laughs) And Danny's like, oh, you're a very pretty doggy. And and she sits up and says, Daddy, you be a doggy too. Danny, of course, gets on his hands and knees. And he starts barking. Roof, 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 roof. And Michelle goes over and pets him on the head, pats him on the head, like, nice doggy. <laughs> All her food is getting cold on a plate on the floor. She throws, I don't know what that was, and she screams at her dad, go get it! Like, oh my gosh, she's giving orders, this baby. What does he have there on the, that's like a piece of toast with maybe a slice of ham and a, an egg? I can't tell what that is. So, he goes and gets... What is that, a pencil? I can't really tell. And he gets it. He's like, I'm not sleeping outside tonight. And he does the whole panting thing. Like, he's really getting into it. He hands it to Michelle, and she throws it again and says, go and get it. Like, oh my gosh. Like, okay, enough of this. It's cute and all, but I think even Danny's going to see. Okay, enough's enough. You need to eat your lunch. 
Faint brings it back to her again and she throws it and says, go get it. It's like, okay, this is... I don't like this cold open. It just... We get it the first time was cute, but you have to do it two more times? Come on. So we come out of the intro and we're in Michelle's room. Danny is, of course, pulling out dresses to pack for the trip for Michelle. And he gives her a choice, like, oh, wait, which one do you want? Which of these dresses do you want to take for the trip? And, of course, Michelle uses both her fingers and points at each of them, like, that one. And Danny's like, oh, boy, I look forward to those shopping years. Whew. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right away, I am not a fan of what Jesse's wearing. He is wearing a baby blue suit jacket with a white turtleneck and some really gaudy looking shoes. Of course, he brings in a suitcase for Michelle, who proceeds to just lay down inside of it. Joey picks her up like, all right, Michelle, get out of there, you goof. You are carry-on luggage. And he puts her in the crib. So Jesse pretty much lays it out for Danny and Joey as far as you're not going to see me much this weekend because I'm going to spend every moment with Becky. And Danny's like, Jesse, this trip is for our job, mine and Becky's. So she's going to be really busy. So you might want to just... Uh, Put that old love fest that you got planned on the back burner. Because that's what Becky's going to be doing. Yeah, Danny turns up and says, Jesse, this trip is for work. Like, dude, you want to take Becky on a romantic weekend? Great, but it ain't going to be this weekend. Of course, this being the first time that Wake Up San Francisco is doing a live show at a different place. Danny's just excited. Like, you know, if this goes well, I could get more free vacation. So please don't screw this up for me, Jesse. <laughs> okay, sorry guys. Just a side note here. Um, I'm having trouble with the disc that I'm playing. So I'm actually going to view these two episodes on Hulu. Where you can currently watch all of Full House. So the clips I play are pretty much going to come right out of my phone. <laughs> Of course, Jesse still got this magical night, this time in his head planned for him and Becky. And he's like, well, I hope that she can keep her mind on her work because this weekend I ain't going to tell her what every woman wants to hear from a guy. And Joey's like, honey, I'm wrong. And of course, Jesse's like, no, I love you. So he's telling Danny and Joey, he's letting them in on this big moment. Like, I'm, f we've been together for six months. You know, things are going great between us. And I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. It's like, that's, honestly, that's almost no different than, like, telling people you're gonna propose. I mean, in a way, because saying I love you, like I said, those aren't words you just throw out into the air. You just, you don't say them with no emotion behind them. That is a big deal. Like, you tell someone in a that you've been in a relationship that you love them, everything changes from there. That's basically saying, I love you, I care about you, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, and I'm in it for the long haul. And I guess there really is no set timetable as to saying the words I love you to someone you're in a relationship with. 
I honestly would say six months is a pretty decent time. I mean, I wouldn't say it any. I mean, I, depending on the the person, the relationship, maybe you say it sooner. Just depends on how you feel about the person and how you, they feel about you. The last thing you want to do is tell them that you love them and have them not say it back or say, "Hey, we're moving too fast. Pump the brakes." Yeah. Love how after Jesse says, I love, no, I'm talking about I love you. And Dave Coulier is just like, he can't get this line out without smiling and laughing. And John Stamos is also kind of chuckling as Dave Coulier is like, as Joey is saying, Jesse, I'm so touched. Like, trying to be serious, but trying, like, this is just goofy. <laughs> oh, Danny's got to come in and criticize Jesse. Like, well, Jesse, you and Rebecca have been dating for a long time now, and you haven't told her I love you yet? It's like, Danny, as I've said, this is not three words that you just throw into the air. You don't just say it haphazardly. There's love and emotion and feeling behind those three words. And when did you tell Pam you first loved her? Your first date? <laughs> it's different for everybody. Everyone's got their own time of when it's going to be right for them to say it. And I like Jesse's explanation here. He's like, well, Danny, you know how Becky is. I mean, she likes to take things slow. And the last thing I want to do is scare her off. So he's really thinking about this. And he tells them that, you know, I'm crazy about this girl. I just, I can't keep my feelings in any longer. And he's like, I'm going to... It's going to be great. I'm going to take her in my arms. I'm going to look into her eyes. And then Becky comes into Michelle's room like, hey, guys, the cab's here to take us to the airport. And, oh, he says he's going to passionately look into her eyes and say, and then Becky comes in and he's like, oh, is the cab here yet? <laughs> and we all know that Jesse is the king of romance. And this guy's got a track record here. But he, it's almost like he kind of, like, wants to run through things with his wingmen, you know, Danny and Joey. Like, okay, guys, let me lay this on you. What do you think? Or it's just the fact that he's so overjoyed and overcome with love and emotion that he just wants to shout it from the rooftop, rooftops. I love Rebecca Donaldson. And I don't care who knows it. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. Hey, Michelle, which of these two dresses do you want to take on our trip to Lake Tahoe? <laughs> That one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to those shopping years. All right, the suitcase should be big enough for Michelle. Okay, Jesse. <laughs> Michelle, get out of there. Your carry-on luggage. <laughs> All right, boys, I better warn you. I'm not going to sleep much this weekend because I'm going to spend every moment with Becky. <laughs> Jesse, this trip is for work. Rebecca and I are doing our first show on location. If this goes well, I might get more free vacations. <laughs> well, I just hope she can keep her mind on her work because this weekend I'm going to tell Becky the three little words that every woman wants to hear. Honey, I'm wrong. <laughs> I love you. Jess, I am so touched. <laughs> You and Rebecca have been gone out a long time. You haven't told her I love you yet? Uh, you know how Becky is. She likes to take things slow and 
I don't know, I didn't want to scare her off, but guys, I'm crazy about this girl, and I can't keep my feelings in any longer. This is going to be beautiful, man. I'm going to take her in my arms. I'm going to passionately look in her eyes and say, Hi, is the cab here yet? <laughs> yeah, we got to go. Let's go. Yeah. You See you downstairs. Yep. Okay. You missed Don't somebody. Don't forget me. <laughs> forgot her. Guys, I think you forgot something. What are we? Oh, Michelle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to forget you. I'm not mad. <laughs> Just, I am so excited about this trip. Yeah, me too. Rebecca, this mm -hmm. is going to be a trip that you will never, I mean, never forget. Tell me about it. Todd Masters is going to be on our show. Jesse is the biggest movie star I've ever interviewed. Movie what a star. hunk. I thought he was a soap opera star. We had a hank. So Becky does come, you know, she lets him know the cab is here and Danny and Joey run out with Michelle's suitcase. And of course, so does Jesse. They run out of Michelle's room, and Michelle, who, of course, Joey placed in the crib, is like, don't forget me, and Becky's like, hey, guys, uh, I think you forgot something. Jesse comes in and is like, oh, Michelle, I'm sorry, we didn't mean to forget you. And, of course, Michelle is just such a cool camper, like, I'm not mad, like, nah, she's, mm, it's no big deal. Like, they weren't going to forget her. It's not going to turn into a home alone slash calling CPS type of thing. <laughs> but, of course, Becky has a reason to be so excited about this trip. Because Jesse's like, this is going to be a trip you will never forget. And she's like, yeah, I know. Because I get to interview Todd Masters, one of the biggest movie stars. I'm like, well, wait, I thought he was a soap opera star. But whatever. And, of course, when you get the chance to interview, like, your favorite movie star, musician, or author, or podcast, or, or whatever. It's just, you get gaga. But she's like, oh, my gosh, what a hunk. And it's like... Okay, seriously? I don't go around telling my husband, well, I think that guy's hot. Oh, oh he's cute. That, you, don't do that to your significant other. That's like them saying, well, I think that person's attractive, or I'd totally want to be with that. Like, no. Just no, don't. That's just mean. Like I said, you wouldn't want them doing that to you, but she's excited. One of the perks of being a talk show host is sometimes you get to interview celebrities. And sometimes they might be someone you have a little mini crush on. Alright, so we're going to head out to Lake Tahoe. And, of course, the bellhop comes in and Tanya's like, Girls, this is going to be your room. So they pretty much got, what, three adjoining rooms. So it's probably going to be Danny, Joey, Michelle, and one. DJ and stuff get their own. And then, of course, Becky gets her own. Or maybe there's maybe there's one for Becky. There's one for the girls. There's one for Danny and Michelle and Joey. And then Jesse gets his own. I don't know. I don't know how it works out. So Steph is reacting just like any other young kid who's never been in a slept in a place that isn't their own home. She's like, wow, a bed, a dresser, a television, curtains. And it's just like... It's always like when you go somewhere else, you just take in the place that you're staying. Hopefully it's a nice place. I mean, this is the Alibaba Hotel and Casino. So, of course, 
that's about as ritzy as ritzy's gonna get for them. Before this is of course before they go to Hawaii and everything. But Stephanie is so jazzed and excited. I mean, what seven year old wouldn't be, right? I gotta say, I love G's <laughs> DJ's outfit is really nice. This is gotta be the start of what will be a reoccurring thing with the blazers that she wears, the different uh blazers. She's wearing a red one with a black shirt underneath and of course you guys know how partial I am to red. <laughs> DJ of course is like, she's not wowed by it. She's like look, Steph, seriously, we have a bed, a dresser, a television in our bedroom at home. We have curtains too. And of course Stephanie's like, yeah, I know, but we don't have this guy here. Do we learn the bellhop's name? Oh, we learned his name is Myron. Oh, I see Mr. Bear on the bed. So they brought, she brought, Stephanie's always got to bring Mr. Bear. Mr. Bear is going to be so well-traveled. I mean, he's going to Lake Tahoe. Season three, he goes to Hawaii. I'm, unfortunately, he doesn't get to make that trip to Disney World at the end of season six, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Mr. Bear, but you had to stay and watch over the rest of the stuffed animals while we all go into Disney World. He doesn't even get to go to Japan in Fuller House. Yeah, and I think pretty much Mr. Bear, we see him in, or introduced to him in season two, episode 11, A Little Romance. And then we see him through season three, but I think we see him on occasion, or maybe his name gets dropped once in a while from season four and five, maybe six, but seven and eight, he's pretty much just tucked in with the other stuffed animals in the bay window or on Stephanie's bed or in the little mini tall shelf unit next to Stephanie's bed. Well, as soon as Myron the bellhop is out of the picture, boom, we get Mr. Mr. Santana pops in. And let me tell you, this guy is just bubbling over with the energy. He's all on the hugs, like, hi, I'm Mr. Santana, the owner of this hotel, the Alibaba Hotel and Casino. <laughs> so I'm going to play Steph's reaction to the room, because like I said, any kid that definitely, I mean, in the 80s, even now, I think, kids, you go someplace that isn't your own, you're going to be like, this is so cool! We have a microwave and a little mini fridge! And wow, a flat screen TV! <laughs> wow, a phone you can order out from! <laughs> like, we have all these amenities at home. It's like, yeah, but I think it's just the appeal of being in a different place and having all the amenities you would normally have at home just in one room. <laughs> okay, girls, this is your room. All right! A TV set, a dresser, a bed, a phone, and look, curtains! <laughs> Steph, calm down. We have all this stuff at home. Yeah, but we don't have this guy. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Myron. Thank you. Welcome to the fabulous Alibaba Hotel and Casino. I am Mr. Santana, manager of the fabulous Alibaba Hotel and Casino. Hi, I'm Danny Tanner. Mr. Tanner, we are thrilled to have you doing your show live from the <laughs> fabulous Alibaba Hotel and Casino. 
anything you and your fabulous family desires, just sign your room number. It's all free. Sweet. Everything is free? <laughs> you are the nicest man in the world. Oh, yeah. Just for that, here's a shiny silver dollar for you and you. Dad, give this man a hug. <laughs> DJ, I don't think that's really necessary. No problem. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, the love never stops here at the fabulous Alibaba Hotel in Casino. <laughs> to bet that Ed just <laughs> did this episode just like I don't want to say the fabulous Alibaba Hotel and Casino ever again it's fabulous <laughs> uh, and he says thanks to them you know promoting or doing their show live from the casino and hotel and everything like the hotel's getting promotion from the show like an added bonus for them right so, Mr. Santana's like, hey, look, you guys need anything, let me know because it's 100% free. And Stephanie, her eyes are like as big as the silver dollar that he gives both Steph and, and DJ. And she's like, everything's free? It's like, yeah, even the long distance, I'm sure, is free when Becky calls to Nebraska. All of it. Because Stephanie's like, you are the nicest man. And he's like, oh, yes, thank you. And just for that comment, you get a silver dollar and you get a silver dollar. And DJ's like, Dad, give this guy a hug. And Danny's like, I don't. And it's like, Mr. Santana's like, oh, don't mind if I do. And he just wraps his arms around Danny. And it's just like. Danny's uncomfortable. Danny, I thought you were the king of hugs. Maybe it's just only hugging family members and not strange men. Strange just people in general that he doesn't know. Mr. Santana doesn't care. <laughs> he, he wants that publicity for his fabulous hotel and casino. Really? What do you think of the Alibaba Hotel and Casino? Is it fabulous? Uh, you don't look impressed. You don't look impressed at all. You're telling me you wouldn't want to go there and gamble? Well, I mean, you're six, so they probably wouldn't let you in there. I don't even think they'll let you in there because you're an animal. You could be my service animal. Well, no, I'm not going to pull that card. But not pull that card. But, uh, yeah. I bet they got good food. What do you think? They got buffet there? You like shrimp, don't you? Yeah, wait a minute. You're not really much of a fish girl, are you? I like, I like shrimp. I like the Hawaiian cream shrimp. I tried some coconut cream shrimp at the buffet. Wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah, she don't care. She, it's actually her dinner time, so I'm gonna go feed her. So we come to the next scene where Danny is reclining on the bed and Michelle is there. Danny's going over his notes for the show that they're going to do and he's like Michelle while daddy is doing his show you are gonna be in the fabulous Alibaba hotel and casino daycare and Michelle's like fabulous <laughs> it's so cute and he's like Michelle they even have a tv in the daycare center so what are you gonna watch tomorrow at nine o'clock and Michelle's like Gilligan and he's like Gilligan honey no you know they're never gonna get off that island <laughs> 
<laughs> they were like, yeah, but daddy, I see you every day. I, I only get to watch Gilligan every once in a blue moon when someone turns it on for me. I mean, I was aware of Gilligan's Island. I might have seen an episode here or there, but I wasn't an avid watcher of it. It's kind of funny how many sitcoms in the 80s and 90s tried to pull off a the characters that are stranded on an island. I mean, Full House did it. I think Roseanne did it. Um, maybe Married with Children. I don't know. Silver Spoons, their Thanksgiving episode, two-parter. Talked a lot about Gilligan. <laughs> it's funny when Danny's like, Oh, honey, you're not going to watch Daddy's show? And she's like, Gilligan, funny. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> a toddler isn't going to care that her daddy's on TV. I mean, she sees him every day. I mean, if she saw Gilligan all day every day, she'd be like, yeah, Daddy, I'll watch your show. So Jesse and Joey come in laughing about something. Like, hey, who wants a goodnight kiss? And Michelle holds up both her hands. Me, 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 me. And they stand Michelle up and Jesse and Joey both like kiss her on both sides of her cheeks to the point where they're like smushing her cheeks together practically. Like, I mean, I saw like her little her little top raised with her belly exposed. So I was like, are they gonna do a raspberry on her belly or what? I don't like that term, ra blowing a raspberry. Like, what does that mean? I mean, you're doing something. <laughs> I didn't mean to spit all over my microphone. <clears throat> Sorry. I've never been a fan of that that term. So they have Michelle go say goodnight to her, her sisters. And I see how they got, they got a crib, of course, brought up for Michelle. Because she's not sleeping in the bed. She's sleeping in a crib. She's only two. She hasn't made the transition yet from which... Granny Tanny, you see her make the transition from a crib to a toddler bed. Or a big girl bed, however you want to call it. So, Joey tries to get Jesse into going to check out Harem Barum 89, which is probably an most likely an adult show. And Jesse's like, nah, Joey, I don't want to do that. I want to spend some time with Becky. And of course, Danny bursts his bubble like, Jesse, I told you, she's busy working on tomorrow's show. She doesn't have time to hang out with you. But of course, he tries to prove them wrong. Like, hey, let me get on the phone and call her and use my special Jesse way to woo her out of having to work on tomorrow's show. So Jesse's idea of a great date is to spend the evening by the lake counting stars. That is almost as tropey as walking hand in hand along on the beach at night. Or a moonlit stroll on the beach. So Jesse's like, oh really? She can't make it, huh? She's got to prepare for tomorrow's show. Observe, gentlemen, the power of love. And he gets right on that phone. I'm going to play this clip because it's, it's funny how... She, as much as she would love to do it, she is just so swamped with notes and everything. Pretty good. Hey, Jess, let's go down to the showroom. We can still catch harem barum 89. <laughs> I'm not interested, Joseph. Tonight I'm going to spend the evening with Rebecca by the lake counting stars. <laughs> Jesse, don't count on Rebecca. She has to prepare for our show tomorrow. Oh, really? Observe the power of love. <laughs> <laughs> Observe being rejected. <laughs> Hello? Hello, David. 
Jesse, don't hang up. <laughs> All right, Becky has this sound. A romantic moonlit stroll by the lake. Oh, Jess, it sounds wonderful. Oh, Jess, it sounds wonderful. <laughs> All right, I'll be by your room in about 10 minutes. Jess, I'm sorry. It's just I have to prepare my interview with Todd Masters. Um, I'll take a rain check, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about it over breakfast. Good night. Actually, you know, on second thought, you do have a big show tomorrow, and I think maybe it'd be best that you stay in and get some work. <laughs> yeah, hey, please, hey, no, 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 don't argue with me, young lady. I mean it, okay? Danny, did you All right. those notes from the Todd Masters introduction? <laughs> Thanks. See you in the morning. Who is this? Leave me alone. <laughs> Come on, Joey, let's go catch the show. I like this one better. <laughs> uh, I mean, as great as that sounds, Moonlit Walk by the Beach. I mean, I'm not into it, but Becky sure is. I mean, if she could do it, unfortunately, she, she can't. She's got to prepare for her. She's got to interview with Todd Masters. You know, she's got to go over the questions she's going to ask and all that good stuff. You just you want to be prepared. And of course, Jesse is on the other line, and he's Gotta, like, make it all, like, oh, Jess, it sounds wonderful. Did you hear that? She, that's what she said. And, of course, she says, I'm swamped. I gotta focus on this interview with Todd Masters. We can meet up tomorrow for breakfast. And, of course, she hangs up, but he still pretends to carry on the conversation. And he kind of turns around, like, oh, you know, on second thought, you do have that big interview tomorrow. You know, maybe you should just get some rest and this and that. And, of course, as he's like, oh, don't argue, young lady, Becky comes in around the corner because her room is adjacent to um, Danny's and Michelle's room. Like, Danny, do you have those notes that I need? And, of course, <laughs> Joey just looks at this whole thing and like, oh, my God. <laughs> Jesse, you think you're so smooth. <laughs> so... <laughs> Jesse decides, hey, Joey, why don't you catch that Harem Barum show after all? And Joey's like, hey, you know what? I like this show better. <laughs> and Jesse just yanks him out of the room like, come on. <laughs> I want to see if that Harem Barum was actually even a thing. Which you know that is clearly a adult show for the purposes of adult entertainment. So no children. Yeah, I kind of figured that harem barum thing was not anything real. It was just for the sake of the show. Um, we cut to the next day, and DJ and Stephanie are actually on stage as the cameraman is getting ready and setting things up for the startup Wake Up San Francisco. And of course, Jesse and Joey are sitting with everyone else in the audience. So Danny goes off for uh, the makeup lady to give him a little touch-up before he goes on stage. Or, and, of course, DJ and Stephanie take full advantage of pretending to interview Springsteen and George Michael and Barbie and the Rockers. And it's just any kid that has given this opportunity, like, ooh, let's sit in and pretend we're actually interviewing people. Okay, Loretta's gonna take my makeup. You girls have a seat. <laughs> Wake up, San Francisco. I'm Danny Tanner. And I'm Rebecca Donaldson. And our 
our guests today are George Michael, Patrick Swayze, and Tom Cruise. And our two very special guests, Ken and Barbie. Oh, girls, that is so cute. Actually, that's too cute. Now, out of those chairs before I'm out of a job. Okay, we'll go play those slot machines. <laughs> no, you're not. Just a minute, honey. It's against the law to play those machines unless you're over 21. Now, why don't you and DJ have a seat right over here? This is my first live audience. I really need you guys to cheer me on. Hey, we're there for you, babe. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm late. Hey, Becky, where have you been? We were supposed to have breakfast together. Didn't Danny give you my message? Not yet. Jess, Becky can't make it. She has a breakfast meeting with Todd Masters. How could you do this to me? Well, I've just been nervous about the show. Not you. <laughs> you. Jess, I'm really sorry, but we'll have to talk about this later. Danny, will you go on the air in less than a minute? There are a couple of notes What's going on here? She's just excited to meet a movie star. I mean, suppose you could spend some time with Michelle Pfeiffer. What would you do? Becky wouldn't dare. Actually, it was what Tom Cruise and Patrick Swayze is who DJ listed, and Ken and Barbie is what Stephanie said. I couldn't have been more wrong about Barbie and the, well, Barbie, but not the rockers. And um, what did I say, George Michael and Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, I was way off. So Danny finally comes back with the girls. That's adorable. Now please get out of those chairs before I'm out of a job. And, of course, Stephanie hears the pulsing ding, 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 because the studio where they've set up the stage and everything for Wake Up San Francisco is right next to the slot machines and the casino and everything. So, Stephanie's like, I'm going to play one of those slot machines. It looks like fun. And Danny, like, uh, uh, no, 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 no. You girls... You cannot do that unless you're over 21. I need you in the audience. I need your support. Just hang out. And just cheer us on from the, from the audience. <laughs> so yeah, but Stephanie was the one that expressed interest first. DJ's the one that's going to create the issue. <laughs> well, remember how uh, Becky said, hey, let's meet for, Je- uh, for breakfast, Jesse? And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. Turns out she couldn't make it. Jesse of course is angry like why you were supposed to meet me for he's literally he's irritated like what's the deal i was there you weren't there where were you and she's like oh just i'm I'm sorry i told danny to tell you i was not going to be available didn't he give you the message and jesse just turns and glares at danny like what is up and Danny's like, oh, well, no, I'm sorry. Actually, Jesse, Rebecca can't make it. She's having breakfast with Todd Masters. I, I mean, Jesse is already on the warpath of jealousy here. Just a mention of Todd Masters' name because Becky's all like, oh, he's such a hunk. <laughs> and the fact that she skipped out on having breakfast with him to have breakfast with Todd Masters... My hackles would be raised if I were him. I would be irritated. And he just can't, like, what is the deal here? So Joey's like, hey, look, she's just excited about me and a movie star. I mean, what if you got a chance to interview Michelle Pfeiffer? Looks like Michelle Pfeiffer in 1980 was in something called Bad Cats for 10 episodes. What else she done? 
Oh, this is, must be a different remake of Splendor in the Grass. I saw the one with Natalie Wood. Uh, Grease 2, 1982. She was Stephanie. She was in Scarface as Elvira. Also in To the Night, 85. Same as Lady Hawk. Um, played in After School ABC Special. Witches of Eastwick in 87. Amazon Women and the Moon? That's weird. Married to the Mob in 88. To Kill a Sunrise, 88. Dangerous Liaisons, which Cruel Intentions in 1999 was kind of a uh, teen version of that. Fabulous Baker Boys in 89. Um, Russia House in 1990. So really, because when I think Michelle Pfeiffer's early days, I think Batman Returns. I would never seen it all the way through, but I did have the movie novelization. I got the trading cards. Um, but really, it seems like Grease 2, The Fabulous Baker Boys, Dangerous Liaison. So, was she like the Sarah Michelle Gellar character? Or was she... Okay, so no, she was... Maybe the Annette character, the the Reese Witherspoon character, I'm guessing, would be what I think, anyway. Uma Thurman? Maybe she was the Reese Witherspoon character, I don't know. Anyway, of course, Jesse's mind goes to all the things he would do with Michelle Pfeiffer, and then he's like, Becky would dare do that. Jesse, you want to have to worry about Rebecca. She is 100% committed to you, and we'll get to that in a minute. Todd Masters, yes, does express a semi-romantic interest as far as just, like, I enjoyed breakfast, let's keep this going, can I take you out to dinner? And that's where Becky says, I appreciate it, I'm flattered, I'm honored, but I do have a boyfriend and I am very crazy in love with him. So the thing about Jesse, I've noticed this in other episodes going forward before he and Rebecca actually officially 100% tie the knot. Uh, <laughs> what was the episode of Honey, I Broke the House where Becky is interviewing Bo McIntyre or something? Some guy... And Jesse, of course, gets another ting of jealousy. We see and then the next episode that I will be covering after this, which is season four, episode one, Greek Week. We get the same thing, only it's Becky's turn. We saw her get jealous in A Little Romance, but we see her get even more so in Season 4, Episode 1 of Full House, entitled Greek Week, when Jesse's grandparents come from Greece. They bring Silvio, they bring Elena, Silvio's older sister, who had a past tryst with Jesse when he was a teenager, over spending the summer in Greece. But we'll get to that. So, yeah, Becky is not. And the thing is that I'm thinking... It's this whole thing about Jesse, like, oh, we should be spending time together and this and that and blah, blah, blah. I don't care if you have to work. She kind of does the same thing in The House Meets the Mouse. You know, he's going to Disney World because his band is going to be playing there. And it's supposed to be their anniversary. And he keeps getting tied up, you know, not just with his band, but with the radio show. Also wants to broadcast and promote Jesse's concert there. And Becky is just like, I can't believe all these commitments that you have. And you can't even commit to having a picnic 
out on on the be- the lake or the whatever. It's just kind of funny how I don't think this would ever happen in reality where you're going on a trip with somebody that you're romantically involved with. They're going on the trip, of course, for their job and you're thinking, oh, we're going to do all these fun things together and and then you get upset when they have to do what they need to do for their job. When I went with Jeremy to Chicago about 12 years, almost 12 years ago, I went there with the intention knowing that he would be tied up with different, you know, things for his work. So I took it upon myself, like, hey, I'm going to go take a trolley tour of San Francisco, or San Francisco, of Chicago, and I'm going to go do my thing. It's, it's, it was just like for a couple days. And I mean, yeah, we like hang out and go out to dinner or what have you, but the day I took full advantage, you just had a good time. I didn't complain like, oh, we should be spending time because I knew that he was there for his job, right? Yeah. But then again, with TV shows, they do tend to embellish and draw out these things and make people a little over-exaggerated when it comes to blowing little things like these way out of left field, way out of proportion. Annie and Becky go on live, and of course they promote that fabulous Alibaba Hotel and Casino, which... Mr. Santana loves that since he just loves to hug people and Jesse is right there. He's like, fabulous! And he just grabs Jesse from the side and just hugs him and Jesse's like, what is going on? Of course, you got the uh, the big promoters, the girls, like, yeah, woo! Go, Dad! Go, Becky! We love you! <laughs> so Becky introduces Todd Masters. She's Well, she doesn't say Todd Masters at first. She says, I'm going to introduce one of the biggest movie stars around. And all I have to say to you are two words. Todd Masters. And you look at the audience, and it's mainly, of course, women from like their mid-20s all the way up to maybe 65 years old. And they are just like drooling over this man who comes in. And of course, he's got a curly mullet. He is very, he's overly tanned to the point of where his skin just looks like leather. That's not appealing. He does walk into the room, a couple ladies, he's finishing signing autographs, and there is security there. There's a guy who does grab him, like, okay, that's enough. He's about to go on to a talk show. One grandma is so excited, like, oh my gosh, she jumps right out of that booth and just grabs him. And Todd Masters, like, drops something and just kind of hands it off to Jesse, which is probably his autograph. Like, Jesse's like, I don't want this. It's almost like adding insult to injury. Like, my girlfriend is just in love with you and now you hand me your autograph as you walk past. So Todd Masters goes up on on stage. He shakes Danny's hand and he, of course, says, it's nice to see you again, Rebecca. He hugs her. He's, like, really, really close to her, like, standing, like, right in her personal space. And Becky, of course, schmoozes all the ladies with that. This morning, I did something with Todd Masters that every woman in America fantasizes about. You just get this, oh, like they're imagining in, in their heads. Like, get your mind out of the gutter, ladies. It wasn't like that. She had breakfast with him. That is all.
Desi is just glowering at this woman like this guy is not a big deal, but he's just being, he's being such a stick in the mud, in the mud and letting his jealousy just overcome him. Just the way he was with Becky, like, what's with you? We had breakfast. We were supposed to go to breakfast today. What is going on with you? It's just like very aggressive and to command, like, dude, back off. I get you're jealous. But you need to tone it down. Are you going to find yourself sans girlfriend? I'm sorry, but I would not take a boyfriend of six months or of six years speaking to me in that tone. Because I had breakfast with somebody that was part of my job to interview this person. That's no different than the people that date the movie stars, the musicians. And they all, you know, they probably go out on you know, fan excursions and stuff and sign and take pictures and selfies and all that stuff. And then the significant others are kind of in the background, probably grinding their teeth or getting... It's like, that's what you sign up for when you're dating a public figure. They're going to be surrounded by people that find them attractive. Of course, Todd looking to the camera and to the ladies out in the audience like, and now I know why breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Just, you know, really like, this woman's so attractive and all the You see it in his, his face. He's just, <laughs> he is kind of hitting on her, just lightly flirting. And Jesse is just not, he's like, Arr. Plus, it's 1989. The mullets are still around. He's got a curly head. He's got, like, the Mike Seaver season three or season four mullet of hair. The curly mullety deal going on. Which, I've never been a fan of the mullet, like, really at all. I mean, Jesse's mullet in season one is just like, eh. Todd Masters' mullet is just like, eh. Plus it's 89. Come on. The mullets are done. Get out of the mullet territory. I love how the audience laughs while Jesse is going <laughs> with his finger in his mouth. Gagging. Ooh. I like how Danny kind of piggybacks off this segment of Becky and Todd having breakfast. He's like, well, we'll be back in a moment with my breakfast with Todd after the people that pay for my breakfast. Basically, the Alibaba Hotel and Casino. Stephanie is just jonesing to get over to that casino. Every once in a while, you hear this... But it sounds more like a rain. You know, when someone hits like a mini jackpot or... I don't think they've hit a big, big jackpot. Because we don't get the, you know how when someone really hits it, it's like, not just, you know, bells, but it's just a certain, you know, that kind of noise. Yeah. But she's just, let's go see what's going on. It's like, okay, just take her over and let her peek in. But you, there's a velvet rope that is pretty much keeping the onlookers away from us. the children anyone under 21 gotta stay behind that velvet rope so yeah dj and steph go over to the velvet rope enclosed area and jesse decides to just i need to get away from all this becky and todd master stuff i'm gonna go hang out with michelle in the daycare and catch the last half of gilligan jesse maybe you need to 
distance yourself from this whole thing. If you can't handle it, then you need to get out of the room because your temper is going to blow up at any moment. He is just on the verge of boiling over. So Jesse exits as Steph and Michelle are literally, or Steph and Michelle, yeah. <laughs> Michelle does make her way in around the uh, casino, but um, no, Stephanie and DJ are dragging Joey by his hands. Like, you gotta see it, Joey. Someone just won a bunch of money. Like, great. And, you know, it's almost like they're vicariously gambling through Joey. Like, come on, Joey, just do it. You're over 21. Gamble for it. Just, we want to see someone gamble, someone that we know, so we can vicariously live through you, even though we're not over 21. And he's pretty much doing it just to prove a point. Like, girls, not everyone is going to win when they put a, a coin into the slot and, you know, pull the handle. It's just, it's stupid. And it's just a waste of money, a waste of time. I love how the security guard that is just inside the casino there does not even bat an eye or say, no, 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 girls, I, you should not even be in this room. I don't care if it's roped off. You, you need to go somewhere else. There's no way that they would. But anyway, this woman, as they come in, is like, I won! I won! And she takes her little plastic bucket full of change and just zips on out of the scene. Joey wants to show them just how ridiculous this whole gambling thing is. And I love how DJ says, I don't hear you going, I lost, I lost. <laughs> but apparently that uh, fortune favors the naysayers. And <laughs> Joey actually wins on his first pull. I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> Settle down, girls. Let me tell you something want, about gambling. Most of these people lose. I don't hear anyone screaming, I lost! I lost! Well, girls, stay behind the ropes and watch as I teach you how stupid it is to gamble. rule of gambling, never be fooled by beginner's luck. Whoa, $10, all right. $12. Girls, second rule of gambling, don't quit while you're hot. Come on, baby, Joey needs a new pair of shoes. Orange, 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 yes! Girls, I'm going to go get one of those change buckets. You stay here, guard my machines with your lives. If anybody goes near it, scream, because I'm hot, I'm burning, I'm wasting time, yes! And, I mean, three times in a row, I mean, the first time, yeah, you, he won $2, and he's like, girls, don't be fooled by beginner's luck. And then he wins $10. And then he wins 20 bucks. So he won a total of $32. So they're like, oh my gosh, Joey, that's amazing. So he's like, okay, girls, rule number two, 
Do not stop when you're hot. Now, if anyone touches this machine, start screaming, okay? And he zips off. Of course, the fact that he's won three times in a row, because they're like, oh, if you get three, uh, four sevens, you win the jackpot, $100,000. So you almost think, like, because Stephanie was the one who was just, I got it, I want to go and watch people gamble. I want to go in there. That looks like so much fun. But it's DJ who's been bitten by the gambling bug here, and she is just, she's seen it. She wants a taste of it. She's just witnessed Joey one three times. Oh, I've got to play that machine. Of course, Stephanie is the one that offers up her silver dollar. I don't know what DJ spent hers on. But because they're children and they're unaware of all the cameras and the monitors, the security guards floating around and everything, they think the coast is clear. I'll just skip over this velvet rope, pop a coin in, pull the thing, and then jump back over. It's like, eh, kids? (laughs) The next poll could have been Joey's. We don't know. I mean, but let's see how this is going to go down. Oh, I can't take it. It's driving me crazy. I've got to play that machine. Here. (laughs) Use my silver dollar. Oh, thanks, Seth. If we win any money, I'll split it. Now, is the coast clear? Coast is clear. All right. Yes. Ooh, that's one seven. That's two sevens. That's three sevens. Stephanie, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're making a commotion there, clearly. Boy, this is what live television is all about. Stephanie's like, yep, the coast is clear. Basically, they're looking for a security guard. There is a small gathering of people just to the right. You know, their backs are turned. But not just DJ gets underneath the velvet rope, but Stephanie does too. And it's like, Stephanie, you really didn't want to stay back there. But DJ... Pops the coin in, pulls the lever, and they dash right back over that rope. And they just watch as one seven, two seven, three seven, four seven, and the thing just 
buzzer goes off, lights are flashing, and of course, they're they got their hands covering their mouths. It's like, girls, you've already <laughs> covering your mouths while you're screaming as you're and you're jumping up and down. You should have just painted a big old dollar sign on your foreheads because uh, you've created the commotion. Now all this noise and everything alerts Danny, who's you know on stage with. Becky and Todd Masters at the moment, you know, going, you know, doing the interview and like, oh my gosh, someone just won $100,000. Let's go and find out. Of course, before he can even get out of the room, Stephanie and, and, uh, DJ are there, like, because Joey ends up coming back, like, girls, what happened? And they're like, we won $100,000 with my silver dollar and, they're like, just act, start jumping up and down. Like, you act like you won. And it's like, oh my god. So, they tell Danny, it's like, Dad, Joey just won $100,000. And Danny's like, Joey? Our Joey, my Joey? <laughs> and I love how he goes up to Joey and she's like, Joey, oh my gosh, you've been broke your whole life. How's it feel to win $100,000? And... DJ, of course, grabs the microphone from Danny. It's like, oh, it feels amazing. I mean, not that I would know personally, but this has got to be the raddest day of Joey's life. And, of course, it's like, what are you going to do with the money? Stephanie then grabs the microphone and says, I'm going to Disneyland. You know what? I'm going to buy it. And seeing this as a kid, I didn't contemplate that uh, no way in the world would $100,000 buy Disneyland. Just... But as a kid, I'm like, oh, that could work out. You know, that logic in my childlike brain. <laughs> Along with Stephanie's. So now we cut back from the casino to the lounge with the stage where Becky is apologizing to Todd Masters for the fact that Danny just rushed out of the room to learn about who won the $100,000 jackpot. <laughs> Alright, I looked this up because I kind of want to get an idea of what happens to some people that win that big jackpot. Like, what is the responsibility of the casino and how this works? Um, this is from Urbo.com from April 4, 2017, an article. This is what really happens when you hit a casino jackpot. What happens when you hit... When you win big at the slots, a bit more and a bit less than you'd think. It's every gambler's dream. You put the money in the slot, pull the lever, press the button on modern machines. And watch the symbols come up. You see one cherry, two cherries. Then suddenly you realize what you're looking at. You've won the jackpot and you're about to walk out of the casino a winner. Depending on the size of the jackpot, your life might change from this point forward. We're happy for you, but before you count your winnings, there are a few things you should know. One, you're going to have to fill out a tax form. We're going to assume that you won more than $1,200. Bad news, the IRS gets a cut. 
I love how the girls, this is way beyond what they would even be able to contemplate. You're going to have to pay tax on all of your winnings, and the casino will issue you a W-2G form, a special IRS document designed specifically for certain gambling winnings. The good news is that you're frequent that if you're a frequent gambler, you can deduct the money you spent while chasing that jackpot. Okay, that's I didn't know that. Provided, of course, that you kept records of both your wins and your losses. Two, a casino worker will quickly home in on you. Expect a quick visit from one of the casino workers. Your jackpot win just sent a signal back to the casino's monitoring room. See, the girls didn't know that. They don't know about the cameras and the monitors and all that stuff. So an attendant will rush over to verify your win. They'll ask to see your identification, and you won't get a cent until you show a valid government-issued ID. That applies to non-resident aliens, too. They're eligible to win jackpots, but they're also taxed, albeit at a different rate from U.S. residents. If you don't have any identification, the casino will hold the money in safekeeping until you can provide some. Some casinos keep millions in their safekeeping accounts for years. By law, they're not allowed to spend it. Right? Provided you've got identification. However, the casino might just hand you your cash. Casinos take pride in fast hand pays, so don't be surprised if the attendant has a bundle of $100 bills. If you win more than $5,000, you'll probably receive a check. Probably, but not necessarily. In some states, casinos will hand out incredibly large sums of cash, and while they'll happily get their security teams to escort you... See, that's the thing, too, is that they're going to get a security team to escort you to your car... But then again, after that, you're on your own. So they'll get you to your car, but if someone's, you know, dogging you and they're keeping an eye out for what car you drive, your license plate. So if you notice someone, I mean, you're probably gonna not going to notice if you're leaving at night when it's dark out. But if you notice somebody tailing you, keep an eye on the real, real mirror for that. Odds are... Don't go home, go to the police station, go to a public place, call the police if you have a cell phone, something like that. But just know, hey Lund, how you doing? Apparently he even Lund and the rabbit wants in on this conversation too. You want to learn about winning big at the casino, boy? <laughs> but yeah, definitely, just when it comes to, I mean... There are people that probably will sit in the parking lot, wait for people to come out that have won big, and the way they can probably tell is because they have security walking out with them. So just be careful. Don't go around saying, I won! I won the jackpot! Don't do that. Just be chill. Just be cool. You know, talk over with you know, your casino official and all that good stuff. Just, you want to make sure you get home and get home safe. <laughs> Here's something I didn't know. Some state laws can complicate the payout. Before they hand you anything, they'll have to verify that you're not on the state's exclusion list. And if you are, you're not getting a cent. Otherwise, the casino could face a hefty fine. Really? This is meant to deter addict addicted gamblers from relapsing. Hey, why play if you'll never win? Generally, you'll receive the full amount that you won because most states don't require t casinos to take out withholding taxes from gambling wins. You can ask the casino to withhold taxes. 
Gotcha. Number four, by the way, you might not get anything. When the attendant comes over to issue your, your check or a hefty wad of cash, the first thing they'll do is check the machine. First, they need to verify that the slots are functioning properly and that your win wasn't the result of a machine malfunction. Seriously? Um, they're covering their butts, basically. Yeah. Oh my god. But wait, if it is a machine malfunction that's on the casino, right? You still get your money, don't you? Nope. In October of 2016, a New York woman thought she'd won the $43 million from a slot machine, but a casino attendant told her that the machine had malfunctioned. To compensate... <laughs> this, is so, oh, this is so sad. To compensate for the error, the casino offered her a free steak dinner. Yes, a free steak dinner in place of $43 million. I would be like... I'm never coming here again. This is horrible. <laughs> Most slot machines have labeling that says malfunctions void all pays and plays, which protects the casinos against these sort of losses. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, um, the New York State Gambling Commission agreed with the casino that the woman was only entitled to her actual winnings, a whopping 2.25. So that's $2.25, not 2.25 mil. Okay. If you continue to gamble, the casino will be watching you. Make no mistake about it. When you're gambling, you're being intensely monitored by professionals. If you're, if you luck out and take the house for a boatload of cash, they'll be keeping an extra co close eye on you for the rest of your stay. For more on the way casinos treat you before and after a big win, give our video below a look. I won't be doing that. Number eight, if you're a big winner, you're incredibly lucky. That depends on the slot machine, of course, but all of them pay out on a relatively infrequent basis, otherwise the casinos wouldn't make any money. Let's say the slot machine has 64 stops on each reel. Your chances of getting a jackpot would be roughly one in 2,600... Or 262,144. And many machines have far more than 64 stops per reel. The fact, now that I think about it, that Joey won $2, then $10, then $20, and then the jackpot, eh, I'd say that machine was malfunctioning. <laughs> they would have gone with that. So you guys have more than enough or one ever wanted to about casino winnings and how to take care of that stuff. Of course, the last person to get on the microphone before uh, Danny eventually relinquishes it. It's Mr. Santana. Of course, he wants to promote his Alibaba hotel and casino as being the best ever. Like, everyone's a winner here at the Alibaba casino and hotel. Hotel and casino. See, this person just won $100,000. You can win it too. <laughs> so yeah, Todd Masters is really flirting with Becky. He takes her by the hand. He's got his stylist kind of, you know, puffing up his hair. And... He's like, why don't we continue our breakfast over dinner tonight? Like, I don't want the fun to stop. I really enjoy talking with you. He's definitely, I mean, Becky is a beautiful lady. So I'm not surprised that he's kind of gotten a little uh, comfortable or a little uh, smitten with her. I mean... She's a sweetheart of a woman. She's a bombshell. She's gorgeous. She's she's a career woman. She's got it. She's got it all. 
But I think that Todd Masters is just really swimming in the adoration that Becky is giving him. Like, she's got a little crush on him, as do, you know, a lot of women, you know, like to fantasize about him and all that good stuff. So, I'm not saying he's fully taking advantage, because when she does mention, that's really sweet, but I do have a boyfriend that I'm really crazy about and head over heels in love with. He does immediately back off, and he goes one better when he's like, well, hey, how about I take you both out to dinner tonight and she's like yeah I'd like that I gotta kind of wonder I mean if she I mean she's gonna bring that up during the fight with Jesse but I gotta kind of wonder if Jesse would be like I don't want to do that and I don't want you doing that either but before he invites Becky and Jesse out to dinner, he does say that Jesse is a very lucky guy. It's like, yes, he is a very lucky guy. He should realize how lucky he is. Because in a moment, he is going to do something that is so imbecilic and, and rash. Like, dude, you are going to mess everything up. Because he's going to come in and see Todd Masters holding Becky's hand in his and looking into her eyes. And he's going to be, like, jumping right in there. Whoa, whoa. Because Todd does kind of, you know, he kisses her on the cheek. So Jesse comes in when Todd Master says, it's a date, I'll have my driver pick you up at 7. And Todd kisses her on the cheek. But then again, I mean, if you saw your significant other, you know, talking to somebody and that person said it's a date I'll pick you up at this time and you are dating this girl or guy and you just walked in on this person saying oh it's a date I you weren't there for the whole conversation of course he's misconstruing the words and he's like oh what are you talking about Becky seriously what he, he even says like what the hell is going on here like, you're going to dinner with this joker? And and Becky turns. I mean, because she's surprised to... Apparently, Gilligan has ended. And uh, Jesse decides to come back down and uh, see what's going on with the show. And she's like, Jesse, seriously, you need to calm down. What this looks like, what you're thinking this is, it isn't anything like that. Like, you're blowing this way out of proportion. Jesse's saying, oh, this guy comes into town, you're all over him like a cheap suit. Is this guy really that big of a deal? Granted, Jesse is saying this in public. Like, all these ladies that are in the audience for the show Wake Up San Francisco and Todd Masters are seeing Jesse overreact and make... And Todd's right. Jesse, you're making a fool out of yourself, guy. And when... Jesse's like, is this guy really that big a deal? All the ladies in the audience are like, whoa, dude, like, dude, back up with your thoughts and your words. And Jesse gets right in Todd's face and says, hey, sit, calls him fun boy. I've heard that term before later on in other episodes. It's almost like an insult, like, sit down, fun boy. And Todd's like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to get in the middle of this. (laughs) I'm gonna go. (laughs) He can't have his face messed up. He's a movie star. He's got to have that face insured and that mullet. I like how Todd's stylist is, she's in the back and just kind of (laughs) like, 
she's like, what is this craziness that's going on here with this guy? So Jesse's all like, Becky, how would you like it if I hit at every waitress that goes by? And he hits on this woman, this waitress, that they're definitely going with the Alibaba th- routine with the, like, the silk, like, pants or see-through whatever you want to call them, harem dresses, I don't know. And this lady's, like, her boobies are, like, fucking out on the sky, if you know what I mean. And he, he hits on this woman, and I'm right with this woman. It's like, excuse me, and she punches him right in the gut. It's like, he deserved that. You're being a jerk. And you don't didn't need to go prove your point. Like, oh, you're hitting on this guy? I'm going to go hit on that waitress over there and make you... She's already been jealous. She's gotten bit by the jealousy bug back in a little romance when the, that drunken crystal was hitting on him and bidding $1,000. I'm surprised that Jesse didn't get them kicked out of there for him getting in Todd's face. And not to mention... That is Becky's job. That's her work. And he goes and insults like, oh, our relationship is a lot more important than your stupid talk show. It's like, dude, that is her job. And not only that, it's Danny's job as well. So, and that's the only reason you're there. Their job being live at the Alibaba Hotel and Casino is why you got to go on this trip. So I'm going to play this clip. Jesse is just a royal douche. As a matter of fact, why don't we continue our breakfast at dinner tonight? Oh, well, thanks, Todd, but I have a boyfriend, and uh, I'm really crazy about him. He's a very lucky guy. I tell you what, why don't I take both of you out to dinner? That's very sweet of you. Great. It's a date, I'll have my driver pick you up at 7. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> What the hell's going on here? You're going out to dinner with this joker? Uh, Jess, no, 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 I understand. Good-looking guy comes into town, he goes on your show, he hits on you, you're all over him like a cheap suit. I mean, is this guy really that big a deal? Woo! Knock it off! Jesse, please. No, I mean, how would you like it if I hit on every incredibly gorgeous blonde that walks by me? Excuse me. Hi. I'd like to see you tonight. You can cook me dinner, I'll cook you breakfast, and in between, babe... We'll just cook. Get out of my face, you creep. Yes, well deserved. Well, we're heading back to the stage and (laughs) nobody's here. We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about this now. Oh, here they are. What a pleasant surprise, my brother-in-law, Jesse. (laughs) Right in the middle of the most important broadcast of my career. (laughs) Welcome, Jesse. Thank you. How could you do this to me? This was supposed to be our weekend. Are you kidding Uh, me? Jess, could we have this discussion during the next commercial? No, we're talking about our relationship. It's much more important than some stupid talk show. This is my brother-in-law, and I love him dearly. Security! What's going through your mind? Some guy comes. You're making a fool of yourself. Sit down, fun boy. Jesse Todd is right. You're making a really big mistake. Oh, really? Good. Then this is the last mistake I make with you because this is it. We're breaking up. Well, fine. Then it's over. Well, fine. And you're looking at a free man. Oh. Well, you won't see that on Gilligan's Island. see why the heck this discussion had to happen. And the fact that he's putting down her job, like, this is more important. Our relationship is more important than them stupid talk show. (laughs) 
Ugh. I don't want to, like, yeah, get security, get him out of there. Like, you want to have this talk? But, well, even Todd's like, dude, you're making a mistake. And then and Becky's even signing with Todd. Like, yes, Jesse, you are making a big deal on it. You know, you're making a big mistake. And this is where Jesse's like, fine, then I'm fixing a mistake. I'm breaking up with you. And the look of, like, shock. But quickly that vanishes and... Becky is just like, you know what? Fine. I don't care. Just, you want to end it? Fine. This is over. I don't got time for your nonsense and your jealousy. Just go. Like, Jesse's like, oh, well, you're looking at a free man. And finally security just whisks him off the stage. Like, you, pinning Jesse's arms behind his back. Like, yes, get him out of there. Ah, we get another Gilligan's Island. They really throw in this big time. Just so much Gilligan. <laughs> I get it was a big show, but dang. And Dana's like, you won't find out that on Gilligan's Island. I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> Maybe Jerry Springer, but not Gilligan. And now we cut to DJ and Stephanie talking about what they're going to buy. DJ wants to buy a red Corvette, a ranch full of horses. Stephanie wants to buy her own jet plane. Oh, she wants to buy a jet plane because the bus takes... Okay, so they do take the bus. I thought they, like, walked to school. Yeah, she wants to get a jet plane because the bus takes forever. Well, they probably got to pick up a lot of kids. Maybe they're, like, the first ones on the bus. I'm trying to remember, my bus rides usually lasted probably 20 to 25 minutes or more. My bus came at 6.55 a.m. My clock was always set for 6.20, so that gave me, like, just enough time to throw on some clothes, brush my hair, and scarf down some cereal before the bus would come. Now, Joey comes in to sit down at the table with the girls and says, Now, when Mr. Fabulous gets here to give me my chat for a hundred grand, let me do the talking. The girls are like, okay, as long as we get to do the spending. And, of course, Danny comes in like, hey, Mr. Lucky, why don't you come and show me a slot machine? Pick out a slot machine for me, because you got all the luck, apparently. And, of course... Stephanie, I think, is the one, of course, with the big mouth, who blows the secret. Like, oh, let DJ pick it, because she won the jackpot. Like, oh! Danny would have found out regardless in just a few moments anyway. But he's not very happy. He's like, girls, I told you I did not want you gambling. You are not old enough. You're not over 21. I'm surprised, like, you know you could get us kicked out of the casino for this. Like, next time, girl, I'm leaving you guys at home. You cause him way between Jesse and his problems with, with Becky and Todd Masters, and now you girls were gambling, and Joey, you can't. I don't know why you're just going off and leaving these girls unattended. I'm not taking you anywhere <laughs> anymore. And I'm surprised. This sounds like you would get an immediate dismissal if you're. But then nowadays, it's like those kids wouldn't even have been allowed anywhere near that room with the machines. They would have been in a arcade room. Danny immediately just glares at Joey. He's like, Joey, you let the girls gamble? Like, what? And Joey had no idea this even happened. It's like, dude, you came in and the jackpot's already going. What do you think? It's not like you pulled the lever and left to go get a a, a coin basket or bucket. 
<laughs> Do you think it just pulled its own its own lever and just hit the jackpot? <laughs> Come, on. I mean, he's not. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Joey's a big kid, so he's not thinking logically. <laughs> and Danny's favorite person, the girls, you guys did not win that money legally or at all. And you cannot accept it. And of course, Joey's all like delusional, like, oh, well, I mean, I'm here, so I can accept it. And Danny just shakes his head like, Joey, no. No, you didn't. You can't accept it either. And of course, Joey's like, don't shake your head no at me, Danny. I have a case. And Danny's like, no, you don't. As Mr. Santana comes in and he's got a little something. It's not a check with $100,000. It's a videotape of the girls gambling. Yes. And you guys can keep that and just watch it over and over and over again. Free in courtesy of the Alibaba Hotel and Casino. <laughs> I love when DJ says, Hey, Dad, will $100,000 cheer you up? <laughs> and even the girls do feel kind of bad. It's like, I'm sorry, Joey. We cost you $100,000. Is there anything we can do to make it up to you? And he's like, No, not really. <laughs> I'm like, It's $100,000. Granted, you know Uncle Sam's going to want his... His cut of that, so yeah, you'd probably get what, like maybe fifty thousand, if that. In the back of my mind, they never go back to the casino because of all of that that went down. With my share of the jackpot, <laughs> I'm gonna buy a ranch full of horses, a red Corvette. I'm gonna buy my own jet plane. That bus takes forever to get to school. Now, girls, when Mr. Fabulous comes in here to give me my check for a hundred grand, just let me do the talking. As long as you let us do the spending. Hey, 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 Mr. Lucky! Oh, man, come with me into the casino and help me pick a slot machine. Let DJ pick it. She won the jackpot. Stop. DJ won? Joey, you let the girls gamble? No, I had nothing to do with it. I was getting a money bucket. <laughs> you girls were gambling after I told you not to? <laughs> I'm not happy about this at all. With $10,000 cheer yet? <laughs> you girls won that money illegally, and you can't accept it. Well, there is a bright side to this. I can accept it. You didn't really win that money either. Well, no, not technically, but if the girls hadn't have jumped in there, the next pull would have been mine, and... Don't shake your head, no, I've got a case. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Read my head. No, you don't. <laughs> Mr. Gladstone, just the gentleman I need to chat with. Well, before you give me my $100,000, I'd like to tell you a funny story. You see, I was playing the machine, and I stepped away for a minute. A second. Heck, a microsecond. Well, I told the girls here to guard my machine, which they did by putting a silver dollar over the coin slot, which accidentally fell into the coin slot. <laughs> I couldn't accept the money without clearing my conscience. But I feel great now, so lay it on me. You're an idiot, Joey. <laughs> What's this? A video cassette. Our security camera got a nice, clean shot of the children gambling. You didn't come into the picture until many, many microseconds later. <laughs> I'm not getting the money, am I? No. Mm, no. <laughs> but 
you can keep the video cassette as a souvenir of not having won the jackpot here at the Fabulous. Do you hate us, Joey? No, don't be silly, girls. I love you very much. But we cost you a hundred thousand dollars. Is there any way we can make it up to you? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I forgot about the whole explanation that Joey gives Mr. Santana. Like, well. I have to confess, um, while I was getting a money bucket, the girls were guarding the machine, which, of course, that ain't allowed. They shouldn't have been in that room. Um, and they did that by putting a silver dollar in the coin slot, and, oh, my gosh, they pulled the lever, and it had $100,000. And, of course, I couldn't possibly accept the money without clearing my conscience, and I feel great now, so lay it on me as he puts out his hand. Mr. Santana slaps it a vhs tape into it and joey's looking down like what is this mr santana pretty much is a mentor he's like well uh well you were all getting a money bucket the security camera got a clean shot of the girls gambling so um you didn't come until many 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 microseconds later and, uh, yeah, <laughs> so Joey realizes, I'm not getting the 100000 am I? And Mr. Santana's, mm, no, we are not. <laughs> but you, on behalf of the Alibaba Hotel and Casino, you can keep that VHS tape and just watch it over and over and over again. And I'm just thinking, Joey, <laughs> um, I know you might not be the brightest bulb in the light fixture or the t brightest tool in the shed sometimes but uh you really think clearing your conscience and giving that explanation there was nothing you could say or do that was gonna unsee that security tape of those girls gambling nothing that you could have done you were never gonna get that money <laughs> I don't care if you unburdened your soul with the truth. Nah. And Stephanie's like, oh, Joey, do you hate us? And I love Joey's response. Like, oh, no, girls, no. I love you very much. And DJ's like, yeah, but we cost you like $100,000. And he's probably like, yeah, don't remind me. Um, is there anything we do to make it up to you? And he's like, mm, let me, no, no, there's nothing. <laughs> now we cut up to Becky's hotel room and she's on the phone to her mother just saying you know Jesse embarrassed me in front of Todd Masters and on my show practically cost me my job I just we're, we're done we're over and I just I don't want to see him again of course there's a knock on the door who is it it's Jesse I love how Becky goes to the door, but before she opens it, she, like, goes to fix her, like, you know, fluff up, fluff up her hair and everything. But then she realizes, like, what am I doing? And she's like, <laughs> You know, along with the free food, you also get free long distance because you know that Becky's calling her mom in Nebraska. Yeah, she doesn't even let Jesse in. She just goes to the door and says, talk, I'm listening. And, of course, Jesse is like, look, there's a bellhop and a guy getting ice out here in the hallway. And Becky's like, seriously, since when does the audience give you a problem? Like, when are you, I mean, you pretty much 
embarrass yourself and me in front of an entire audience of people. Oh, it was a maiden, a bellhop, and so three people, uh, a guy getting ice. You can't tell me that maid is even paying attention. She's probably listening to music on her Walkman. Walkman. Jesse really aggravates the heck out of me right now. The fact that he's like, listen, I gotta tell you something. The fact that we broke up, it's not my fault, it's your fault. I'm like, are you serious? I went went to the door, held it open, like, you can go now. Just go. I'm. We're done. Becky's like, yeah, sure, Jess. It's my fault, okay? I went to breakfast with Todd Masters. I watched him eat scrambled eggs, and I did the most logical thing. I threw our whole relationship out the window. She's being sarcastic, of course. Like, Jesse, do you even literally hear yourself here? So Jesse just kind of comes back to the whole convers- half a conversation that he walked in on the whole like yeah well you were going to dinner with this blow dried side of beef and Becky's like um if you had been there for the whole conversation you would have heard him inviting us both you and I together out to dinner and he's like oh crap I'm a jerk wow and Becky's like yeah well look who just woke up hello See, this is what happens when you just walk in on a half a conversation and you just make assumptions about the worst. Yeah, and she's coming and yelling at him about the fact that he's just going off half cocked, blowing up, and just screaming at her. Like, dude, you don't listen. You just assume, and then you start pointing fingers and playing the blame game. Then he's bringing up the fact that they've been dating for six months. The fact that some clown comes into town and she's going to go to dinner with him. Like, dude, you don't freaking listen. So Becky's right. He has been watching too many old black and white films because in the heat of this argument, he grabs her and pulls her down or dips her and kisses her. And they start yelling at each other again. And she's like, yeah, if you think that's going to solve anything, you've been watching too many old movies. She's blank. You says, you know, if you hadn't lost your temper and acted like a maniac and screamed in my face and embarrassed me in front of Todd Masters, it's like, I could have told you that he was going to take us both out to dinner. And he's like, oh, wow, I'm a jerk. It's like, yeah, you are. Because you went in there half cop, not knowing the whole situation. I'd be like, you know what? You could have cost me my job. You could have gotten all of us kicked out of the hotel. So he sits on the bed. He's like, wow. So basically what you're telling me is I broke up with you for no reason. So like, yeah. And then Jesse goes on to say, well, I'm sorry, Becky. That's just how I am. It's like, well, you know what? If you, you, I, I could not be with somebody who's going to fly off a handle like that. I just, I couldn't. That's just, that's too much. Thankfully, he's only like that, what, maybe 20 to 30% of the time. Interrational acting on impulse. And he's trying to defend his actions by saying, that's just how I am. If I feel something, I go with it. I was feeling jealous, so I was a- I acted jealous. So now Jesse throws it back to, you'd think he'd bring up the uh, little romance episode, you know, season two, episode 11, because he's like, hey, I'm not the only one that acts jealous in this relationship. And she's like, oh yeah, right. When have I ever acted jealous? And I thought he was going to bring up the whole thing with Crystal and the bachelor auction. No, he bring up, that waitress that he hit on, he's like, right before she slugged me in the stomach, admit it, you were jealous. And she's like, okay, fine. I was jealous. 
Uh, Jesse, stop making John jealous. It just, he he's just like, how did that feel, you being jealous? And she's like, it was the worst half second of my life. It's like, uh, I don't know. Guys, come on. You're both in your 20s. Let's leave some room for uh, common sense. <laughs> Maybe some maturity. <laughs> He's telling her about how this was supposed to be a romantic weekend. Yeah, even when he's yelling in her face, like, this was supposed to be our romantic weekend. Oh, I don't want to go into it anymore about the fact that it's like, dude, you were there for her job. That's the only reason you were there. You guys could go on a romantic weekend. You could have planned it out and done something for yourselves together that was separate from this. He spills a whole, like, I was going to tell you that I love you. And you cut back to Becky, and she's just, like, mouth agape. Like, oh, my God. And she says, I love you, too. And, of course, he's still rambling, going on and on. And she's like, Jesse, did you hear what I said? He's like, yeah, you said I love you, too. And then he stops and looks at her, and he's like, you love me? And she's like, yeah. And he is just, when he's like, you just said you love me. You love me? And she's like, yes. And you see, like, that realization dawn on him. And then his, he starts to get that, um, that curled, that little, um, half, you know, smirk smile. And it's just, he goes full, the whole, what, Tom Cruise jumping up and down on the couch. Like, I love Katie Holmes. I love Katie Holmes. Because he's jumping into the furniture. Like, oh my gosh, you know what that means? That means we're in love. Oh my god, we're in love. I mean, who hasn't wanted to shout from the rooftops when they've been told by the person that they love, that that person loves them back, that it's not an unrequited love? Love how he, like, goes over there and kisses her, like, dips her back and kisses her. And he's like, Becky, I want to tell you, I have been in, in love with you since the moment that I first saw you. And it's just this declaration of, of love and just, like, the first time I saw you, I just, I knew it in my heart and in my soul that... We were meant to be. It's just, oh my god. You just, you've seen this couple now. I mean, yes, they just met, like, in the beginning of season two. And now this is the end of it. And you've been with the couple and stuff like that. And just, anyone who's been in that situation where you're, you know, admitting to, you've been dating them a while. And you get to that point where you're admitting you're, you're, your heart is on the line and you're nervous and you just want to let them know how much they mean to you and everything. It's like, and we followed this couple so far and we're invested. We're into it. I was into it watching Jesse and Becky, you know, growing up when I was, you know, a, a, a preteen and everything like that. And just like, wow, this, this power couple. Like, all that emotion and that love in the room and everything, the looks between them, it's just, just my heart. My Even as an adult, now watching it for the umpteenth millionth time that I've seen this episode, you still feel that electric, that spark between them. Just the tender looks of, heartfelt looks of, you know, surprise and just the realization is like, this is it. This is the start of us. Like, after you say I love you to each other, it can only get better from here. 
Granted, your emotions are going to run that much deeper, so anything that you do to each other that isn't good is going to be... Uh. Jesse is definitely on this love high, and I love how Becky is just like, Oh my gosh, this guy is so crazy about me. <laughs> just him just being just all energetic and everything. Like, this is full-blown freak-out happy Jesse. This is just him on cloud nine compared to the Jesse that was screaming in her face and saying, I'm breaking up with you, Jesse. This is... And she's just like, wow, this guy is like flying high on the love... on the love bug here. <laughs> so he's like, I want to... I don't ever want to go through something like this again. And he's like, I want to know that you're mine. You know, we're in... Oh, that's right, because during the whole um, Greek Week thing, she's like, we were in Nevada. Okay, so it's Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So <laughs> he's like, we're in Nevada. Let's get married. And after six months, if this is how this would have worked out between Jerry, like, oh, let's get married. I'd be like, okay, okay, stop, stop, stop. I like where this is at. I do, but pump the brakes for a hot second. Let's... Take it, let's just talk about this for a second. Like, definitely you want to get married, but you want to do it right. The whole eloping thing, I mean, a lot of girls, they're probably going to want their family to witness, uh, you know, family and friends to witness this big moment. So, you need more than a day's notice. Because she starts, you know, he's going on the phone, like, trying to, like, Get in touch with the chapel and because he's like looking at like wedding, wedding, church, church, church. And he's like, Oh, wedding, like, yep, his and then, yep, yep, yep. Okay, don't worry, I will be much smarter once we tie the knot. <laughs> and while he's on the phone trying to, oh, he realizes there's one in the hotel, so we'll just get very here. And while he's doing all of this. Her mind is like, hey, let's just, like, oh, I want to get those matchbooks that say, that was such a thing, right? Back in the day was the matchbooks with the initials and stuff. Now it's like, there is, so I remember when we were planning ours, which I want to get more into that once we actually cover the wedding two-parter, so. But I'm going to play this clip. This is just, it's so fun because you get caught up in the excitement and the rush of it, which is what Jesse is doing, and Becky's like just along for the ride here, like, <laughs> I'm liking where this is heading. I'm liking all this, this wedding talk and being together forever and all that stuff, so. I've never been so embarrassed in my life. I never want to talk to Jesse again. He is the most obstinate, pig-headed. Becky. Oh, Mom, that's him. I gotta go. <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> Talk, I'm listening. There's a maid, a bellhop, and some guy getting ice staring at me. Since when does an audience bother you? Hey, hey, I just came by here to tell you something. It was not my fault, and the fact that we broke up is all your fault. You're absolutely right, Jess. It is my fault. I met Todd Masters, <laughs> I watched him eat scrambled eggs, and then I did the only logical thing. I threw our whole relationship out the window. Oh, please, don't try to turn this around. You were the one who was going to dinner with this blow-dried side of beef. But you don't even know what you're talking about. There you go, shooting off your mouth. I do know what I'm talking no, about. No, you don't know I'm what you're talking about. You're going out for six up on months. That stage, some time coming to tell you, you go to dinner with me? I, I mean, come on. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Let me tell you something. No, I wasn't. No, 
solve this, then you've been watching too many old movies. Oh. And it just so happens that the blow-dried side of beef and I were going to have dinner tonight with you. And if you didn't lose your temper and act like such a jealous maniac, I could have told you that in the first place. Oh, I'm a jerk. <laughs> so what you're saying is that, uh, that I broke up with you for no reason. Well, look who just woke up. Well, I'm sorry, Becky, but that's the way I am, okay? That's how I live my life. If I feel something, I go with it. I was feeling jealous, so I acted jealous. Tell me about it. I'm not the only one who acts jealous in this relationship. Oh, when have I ever been jealous? Uh, how about when I hit on that waitress? For a split second, right before she punched me, admit it, you were jealous. <laughs> okay, maybe for a split second. Okay, so how does it feel? It was the worst split second of my life. That's what I've been feeling since I got up here, Becky. Man, this was going to be the most romantic, most perfect weekend. I was going to tell you that I love you. I love you, too. I, mean, I had it all planned out, man. We're going to take a nice walk by the lake, under the stars. Jesse, did you hear what I said? Yeah, you said I love you, too. <laughs> you love me? Yes. And I love you? Wow, that means we're in love! about time. Becky, I gotta tell you something. I've been in love with you since the first day I saw you. We're in love! <laughs> we gotta do something about this. We have to be together all the time. I never, I never want to go through something like this again. I want to know that you're mine. Now, we're in Nevada. Let's get married. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jess, do you know what you just said? Yeah, yeah, we're in Nevada. Let's get married right now, today. I don't know what to say. Beck Donaldson, I love you, and if anything has ever been right, it's you and me. Will you marry me? Jesse, this is so... wanting to be married it's like i don't ever want to be apart from you i want to know that you're mine i don't ever want to go through a situation where i think that you could end things with me let's get so as cute as it and it really is i did tear up during the proposal it seems like he's doing this out of fear of losing her and desperation like i need to know that you're mine that you belong to me we belong to each other I don't want to lose you to some guy. And he asked, like, will you marry me? And he, I love how he, he gets down on, on one knee. Like, you do want, you know, a good chunk of people. Everyone's got their own way of how they propose. A lot of it has the guy or girl, or however, on their knee. Jeremy proposed to me in his old car. Now, I remember it was funny because he's like, I, he was going to school at the time and he was also working there and he said I need you to come with me because I want you to show you something or I need your advice on something. Turns out we went to Matawar Jewelers and I, I he's like I want you to stay in the car and he goes in there and then he comes out with a little bag and he, when he comes, gets in the car he's like well, I hope my mom likes those earrings these earrings that I got her 
And I'm just trying to remember, like, because we had talked about wanting to get married in, you know, 2007 and everything because we had been dating since 03. And I think in the back of my mind, part of me was like, oh, he might propose. Like, I was like, why are we here, this jeweler and everything like that? But then he took the ring out and he says, I think what I want to ask you is, will you be my wife? And I'm like, yes, yes. I just, I thought that was a sweet proposal. I mean, we don't have the car anymore. I mean, but it's just, it's such a sweet memory. And when he originally says, let's get married, she, of course, is saying, okay, you're clearly delusional, because she puts a hand to his head, like, let me check your head, do you have a fever? You don't have a fever, okay, but, <laughs> but he, he, he kneels, and then he stands back up and takes her hands in his and says, Rebecca Donaldson, I love how, you know, he says, Rebecca Donaldson, and he, he takes her hands, and he says, I love you, if anything, if I know that anything's right, it's you and me. And and Becky is she's at a loss for it's like I don't know what to say to this. It's like it, it, it's definitely sudden. It's like like Jesse hit the gas and he went from zero to sixty in a split second. Well, six months of dating is a pretty decent length of time. There's still a lot of things in part two that they realize they don't know about each other and their wants and needs and desires is what they expect of each other when they become husband and wife is they both have different ideas of that so jesse gets down on one knee looks at her i love his eyes i love his eyes that smile as he looks up at her and says will you marry me and she says, Jesse, this is so... And he stands back up. And you can see the tears in her eyes. And she says, yes. Yes, I will marry you. And you see, Jesse, he, he doesn't really see. He's like, whisper, like, mouth so words like, have mercy. Because you know we had to get one of those in there. We've probably already gotten one this episode. But we needed to toss in another. So they kiss, and that is where part one ends. So uh, part two, I'm not going to rush too, too much with it, but I pretty much want to keep this at three hours because we're already just a little over two. Part two actually is just going to cover them sneaking around, Jesse getting the ring, her getting Becky getting a dress and a little garter, which <laughs> Stephanie when she and um DJ are playing detectives <laughs> Stephanie puts the garter on her head and I'm like, oh the garter has not been used, thank goodness, because you know that that goes like up the lady's thigh to be yanked off by the groom and he like tosses it behind him. Stephanie's, it's a headband like it's not a headband it's a garter oh <laughs> so yeah it's pretty much front and center is gonna be them sneaking around getting stuff for for the wedding and just not wanting to tell everybody and then also Joey still continuing to gamble everyone the rumor that his nickname is called the jackpot jerk and that's where we meet uh, I believe her name is Shirley is it Helen Shirley? Sure. I think it's Shirley, yeah, because 
she's a lady that's got three husbands. Well, they're all dead. And she's collected insurance money off of all three of them. And she's just gambling that insurance money away. Like, she was there, like, all day, every day. And she'll start at one end of a row of slots and work her way all the way to the end. And Joey isn't even, like, gam. He's not even really... He's just hanging out by the machine. It's like, dude, either just play the machine or leave. I guess he's hoping for an actual another $100,000 payout. Like, I don't think so. But anyway, this is where part one ends. And we'll get on to all of that stuff with the... The getting ready for the wedding, the actual wedding, and then the aftermath to come. So, I hope you enjoyed part one. So, when we go into the second episode, he's down on one knee. It's pretty much a recap of what happened right as the credits came up with her saying, yes, yes, I will marry you. And, you know, he kisses her. He says, have mercy. He's like, all right, we're in Nevada. Let's get married, like, right now. And he runs to the door, and she, and Becky is just like, okay, <laughs> Jesse, slow down. <laughs> you seriously want to get married, like, right now? He's like, she's like, I never do things like this. He's like, yeah, but I always do things like this. He's riding high on the power of love. <laughs> and it's like, she can't even stop to take a breath. He is, like, going so fast. Like, you are going faster and talking faster than my brain can even begin to process. So he shuts the door, goes back to the bed, has her sit down. He grabs the phone book, like, place, place, place. There are no wedding chapels. He's like, what? Chapel? Wedding? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I will be much smarter once we're married. And then he finds the Alibaba wedding chapel. He's like, oh, this is great. You know, we'll just get married right here in the hotel. It's like, uh, okay, well. Of course, Becky is thinking about, you know, I, I got to get my nails done, my hair done, a dress, a place to have the reception. You know, when she thinks wedding, in her mind, she's thinking the work, as in all of it. But, you know, these chapels, they're not about that kind of stuff. The chapels in Nevada are there for, like, people that specifically go to Vegas to get married. They just zip off, and that's what an elopement is. You're eloping. You're just going off, just the two of you, and getting married. No family, no friends, just the two of you. So she's like, all right, I'm going to call my mom, my dad, uh, Connie, my sister, Corky, her, her baby brother. And at one point in the show when... Jesse is commentating on a hockey game, which he knows nothing about. Becky takes over because she grew up with a bunch of brothers. So <laughs> the amount of siblings she has changes from time to time, from season to season, apparently. So she's making a list like flowers. We need to hire a band. He's on the phone setting up the appointment for them to go down there and get married. And that's where she li- Let's get those matchbooks that say Jesse and Rebecca. You got a lot of family members that smoke. I guess it's just, that was the appeal of, you know, imprinting your names on, you know, things that people can take with them to commemorate the occasion. Um, Jeremy's brother and his wife, it was really cool what they did. They had a nice little quote and then their names and their marriage date on uh, bookmarks, which was really cool. We had our names engraved on napkins and stuff like that, which I thought was cool. But as far as for anything for the uh, the guests to take home, 
there wasn't anything like that. And she's like, and he, of course, is just, like, on the phone, so he's not even paying attention to what she's saying. She's like, I'm gonna need at least six months. And he's like, great, hangs up the phone, he looks at Becky, like, they can take us in an hour. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> Deciding your whole future in the course of an hour is scary. You're, basically, your whole life is gonna change as soon as you say, I do. Like, I don't, that's, that's too much pressure, that's too, too much. Because weddings are a big, big deal. There's a lot of planning. I mean, unless you're just those that I don't care about, you know, it doesn't matter if family's there or not. I just want to be married to you. Um, it reminds me of uh, One Tree Hill um, in the at the end of season one. We see it in the first episode of season two. Nathan and Haley got married out on the beach, and they had her parents there. And then at the end of season three, they decided, once they were back together, because they had, were split to both for a, a smidge, um, I want to give you the wedding that you've always wanted, you know, with our family and friends. Let's recommit ourselves and exchange vows in front of our family and friends this time around, so... It just depends on the individual, you know, if, but weddings do, they take quite a bit of work. I mean, Jeremy proposed in December of 2006. The wedding was set for July of, <clears throat> excuse me, 2014. So that gave us, what, five to six months to get everything all ready to go. And luckily my sister, who is an amazing planner when it comes to stuff, she was always you know, putting together family events and stuff like that. She's really good. So she helped me get everything in order that needed to be in order. And Becky is just trying to take a second to take this all in and to just get a breath. He's, she's like, this is crazy. This is insane. Like, what are we even doing? And he goes over to her and just grasps her hands in his and just says, this is magic. This is passion, man. This is... How many times does he say man over the course of this whole, you know, this whole scene? I count at least maybe four or five times. And he's like, this is spontaneity. And it's just like, dude, you're going, I can see why she panics when she does. And, and he's all like, we don't need a big wedding. All that matters is you and me. It's like, dude, you're not even asking her what she wants. A wedding to a girl or guy, it's a big deal. That's all about sharing your thoughts of what you both want in a wedding. Maybe one of you just wants it to be a small commitment ceremony, but the other one has probably got their own dreams. And it's like, that's where you two come together as partners and you sit down and you work and plan things out. That's, marriage is all about commitment. It's about working together as a team. And you're both going to be, you're different people. You're both going to have visions of what you want to do. And that's where the compromise comes in. Jesse's flying so high. He's not really, he, he loves Rebecca, but he's not letting her, you know, ask the questions and, and and really think about this. Like I said, she hasn't had a second to actually breathe and actually, because he is like zero to 60 in a heartbeat. This is all moving way too fast. 
You know, and he sits her down in a chair and he's like, all that matters is you and me and us pledging our love together. And she's like, wow, when you put it that way, it does sound romantic. And he's like, it will be. And then after we get married, we'll throw a big party and invite our family and friends and some well-wishers that'll send us great gifts. So, of course, he wants to keep this on the DL, on the down low. Like, until we get married, okay, we have to keep it a little secret. Uh, those words are fine in this scenario, but whenever someone says, this will be our little secret... A part of me is just like, <laughs> I, mm -mm. that just don't like those words. <laughs> but in this case, it's fine. But, I mean, if you were DJ and Stephanie, I mean, and you're like, found out like, oh, your uncle went and got married, wouldn't you feel a little like, wow, I, you're my uncle. I really would have liked to have been there to see that. I mean, and they like Becky and everything like that. And it's like, wow, I wish we could have been there. You know, I mean, you're our uncle and now you're our aunt. We would have loved to have joined in the celebration. I love how she's like, oh, wow, I can't believe we're going to do this. I feel like I'm flying. And Jesse, you runs with that analogy like, well, then fasten your seatbelt, babe, because we're about to take off. Like, dude. So there's a knock at the door. It's DJ and Stephanie. And while Rebecca and Jesse are kissing, it's like, come on. Uh, of course, DJ and Stephanie come in. They're like, why say come in if you don't really mean it? So Stephanie's like, are you guys ready to go horseback riding? It's like, of course, because DJ is still, that looks like the same jacket she wore when she was talking to Rocket the horse in that episode. DJ's first horse, or very first horse, or however. And of course, they all made plans to go horseback riding. Of course, now the secret wedding that I'm dubbing this. Like, oh, horseback riding. You know what? I We, we can't. We got uh, something to do. And they're trying to, you know, keep it hush-hush. But Steph and Deej, they're, they're smart cookies. They, like, okay, something is seriously going on. So Jesse and Becky are like, well, we got to go hang out in the room. Here's the phone. Make a phone call. And as soon as they shut the door, DJ and Stephanie are like, those two are definitely up to something. Let's play detective. And, of course, we get a Simon and Simon reference, which is a nod to a... A show about, is it two brothers, one's a cowboy and one's a lawyer or something like that? So Simon Simon is a show that ran from 81 to 89. So, and this episode was in, let be a lady, was in May of 89. So odds are Simon Simon ended that year. So this show, Simon and Simon, this is... Hey, let's see. <clears throat> Two brothers of disparate tastes and manners run a private detective agency. Here's one that gives you a little bit better of a overview of the show. A.J. Simon is a polished fellow with a taste for classic cars and tailored suits. Rick Simon is his less refined but still pleasant older brother who has... Mm, a taste for cowboy boots and four-wheel drive pickups. The two of them live in San Diego, where they own a private detective agency. The series chronicles their exploits. Now, we have Jameson Parker, who plays A.J. Simon, who is the lawyer. He was... Oh, wow, there's a spinoff, I guess, Simon and Simon and um, Magnum P.I., okay. 
Oh, he was in an episode of Promise Line also? Wow. Okay, cool, cool, cool. What else has this guy done? Let me see. Anything notable. Four episodes of One Life to Live. Okay. And 1976 to 78. Like there was a little, um, what's the word? It's not a, not a spinoff. What's the word I'm looking for? I can't. Like a character from another show, like, has an episode as that character on a different show for an episode. I can't think of it. But I guess he was in an episode of Magnum P.I. as his character, A.J. Simon. He's the lawyer type. Okay, also AJ Simon in an episode of Wiz Kids. I guess they all share the same universe. Cool. It was also on Gerald McRaney's show for an episode, Major Dad. And an episode of Gerald McRaney's other show, Promised Land. He played a doctor. Okay. Gerald McRaney plays the other Simon. He plays the older brother, the cowboy. It doesn't have his character's name down here. Gerald McRaney, of course, you would probably know. Um, Never Ending Story, the first movie he played, the dad in that one. Uh, every single, there's three Never Ending Stories, and every time the father and Bastion would get recast. The second movie was Jonathan Brandis. The third movie, uh, Bastion was played by Jason James Richter from Fr the Free Willy franchise. But Gerald McRaney, really, he made a name for himself. He was in the show Major Dad. He was in um, a show called Promised Land, which was kind of a spinoff of Touched by an Angel in a way. Uh, he also, if you're fans of This Is Us, he's been in seven episodes. And what was the other one? Um, if you guys are fans, I can bring it up One Tree Hill again. Uh, he was Dan Scott and Keith Scott's father for an episode in season one. And he is also married to Delta Burke from Designing Women. They were both in the TV movie Going for Broke in 2003 about a woman who develops a gambling addiction. It's a pretty decent movie. I've seen it. It looks like so far he's also done NCIS Los Angeles for five years and the Dolly Parton Heartstrings Netflix film. There's a funny joke where they're like, hey, let's be detectives. Like Simon and Simon? And Stephanie's like, yeah, but I get to be Simon. And DJ just looks at her like, they're both Simon. Their last names are Simon, you silly girl. So I'm going to play this clip between Jesse and Becky. As they decide to elope. We gotta get married right now. Wait a minute, right now? Yes, we're declaring our love to each other. You should get married me. We're in Nevada. Let's do it.
matching our love to each other. Well, when you put it that way, it does sound romantic. It will be. Then after we get married, we'll throw a big party, we'll invite all our friends and family and a few others that might bring us really nice gifts. Tell <laughs> me, say I do. This will be our little secret, okay? All right. Oh, Jess, I can't believe we're going to do this. <laughs> I feel like I'm flying. Fasten your seatbelt, babe, because we're about to take off. trying to come up with why they can't go horseback riding like <laughs> we can't go horseback riding because uh what what uh emergency errands they have to run and dj is like are you guys hiding something and, and jesse and becky look at each other and just <laughs> are we hiding something <laughs> no <laughs> so like okay here why don't you call your dad use my phone and see if he'll go horseback riding with you and jesse and becky are boom they are out the door and DJ and Stephanie just look at each other like, okay, they're seriously hiding something. They're definitely up to something. Emergency errands in a hotel. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did I mention that both girls are wearing cowboy boots? And I'm thinking DJ's wearing that jean jacket with the cowboy boots. They're like, oh, you are definitely the Gerald Rainey character. I mean, plus you're like, he was the older brother and you're the older sister. So that works. Alright, so now we come back down to the casino. Joey is hoping to win that big jackpot again because he didn't th the last time because of the girls. And we see, um, I believe her name is Shirley, and what she's doing is she'll put a coin in the slot, pull the lever, and not even wait for it to finish going as she goes on to the next machine right next to it. And that's just how she, that's her system. That's what she does. And hopes that one of them, that's, that's kind of smart though, don't you think? I mean, as long as no one else is like in the row, I guess. And mind you, Joey is on the same machine that hit that jackpot. The one on the very end. And he's thinking he's going to hit it again. I don't think it does that twice in one day. So she asked Joey if he's done with the machine or like, are you still using it? And he's like, oh, I can't use I can't walk away from the machine because earlier today I almost won a hundred thousand dollars. And she's like, oh yeah, I mean the whole casino's buzzing about you. You're what's known as the jackpot jerk. And he's like, well, it's Joey the jackpot jerk. Thank you. And, and she says, my name is Shirley. And it's like, Joey, seriously, if you're not using that machine, then you need to move out of the way. You can't like guard it from other people. Like, no, don't use it. No, don't use it. No, it's mine. Like, you can't do that. And this thing does, it turns into a tiff between them because they're both, like, fighting over this machine. Like, it already paid out $100,000 once. It's not going to do it again right away. I mean, you guys heard me go over that article. But, you know, what, 64 polls or 64 reels or whatever? That's a lot of reels. So she's got a quarter that she's saving for the minute Joey walks away from that machine. Oh, because that's what happened was the fact that he walked away and then the next poll, which was by DJ, hit the jackpot. And he's like, well, I got a whole bucket full of quarters that are going to make me a winner. And Shirley's like, well, I've waited out three husbands and I can wait out you, honey. <laughs> So Danny comes in through the casino with Michelle, who's in a bathing suit, and a one of those, like, is it, 
Hold on a second. I think it was like a duck or something. Yeah, she's got like a little duck life preserver around her waist, which makes me think of if you were a kid in the 80s and you saw Garfield and Friends, was it, it wasn't, was it, it was sure, was it Sherman or, no, Sheldon, right? Because Roy was the rooster. Sheldon was the one that had that, like, inner tube thing around his waist that actually had a little duck that looked just like him on the front of it. And he was kind of like, would you call him like a hypochondriac or something like that? Or I'm not sure what, what, but he was just always scared of stuff. But that's what that makes me think of. Cause she's got a little duck inner tube around her waist. She's got the orange, you know, arm floaty things on too. And Danny's going to take her out into the ocean and learn, teach her how to swim like a fish. And I'm just thinking, what time of year is this? Is this, is it summertime? Because it is May, and granted, it's Nevada. I don't think it's going to be warm enough to put her in the ocean. Or the lake, Lake Tahoe. Of course, Shirley, while Joey's distracted, goes to put in her quarter. And Joey turns like, don't make me call security. I'm like, Joey, stop. That machine can be used by anybody. If anything, she should call security on you because you're not using it. So while Danny and Joey and Shirley are all having this whatever going on, Michelle starts to toddle off, but Danny's like, oh, Michelle, careful, you're headed through the buffet. Someone could mistake you for a jumbo shrimp. So we cut to Jesse walking to meet up with Mr. Santana. And they're just going over things for the wedding chapel and all that. Mr. Santana's just so happy. He hugs Jesse again. And Jesse's like, seriously, does nobody shake hands anymore? And, of course, Mr. Santana's like, did you get a ring? Because we have a fabulous jeweler here at the Alibaba Wedding Chapel Hotel Casino, whatever. And, of course, Jesse holds up the little bag. And he doesn't notice that... Steph and Deej are trailing him. Because now they're like peeking over the edge, kind of looking into this room where Jesse and Mr. Santana... So, of course, Mr. Santana drops the whole wedding chapel. And Jesse's like, can you please like keep it on the D.O.? Thank you. It's supposed to be a secret. So Jesse shows Mr. Santana the ring, and then, of course, Jesse turns to look, and the girls were peeking around the corner, and Je they disappear as soon as Jesse turns his head. And then Jesse's like, I feel like, I have a feeling like I'm being watched. And Mr. Santana tells him, you're getting married, get used to it. Your wife's going to be on you all the time. At 2 o'clock, so that's when the wedding's going to happen. So when Mr. Santana and Jesse zip out of the room, the girls run over and find the empty jeweler bag. Well, you pretty much caught the good chunk of that conversation. You heard the word wedding chapel. You saw him with a ring. Put two and two together. What? Yeah, he's planning on getting married to Becky. Anybody could have put those two things together and figure that out. So now the girls spot Becky and they decide to follow her and what she's doing because she's getting a nice dress to get married in. Now we come back to Joey in the casino with in the casino with Shirley and he's like oh that's my last quarter so Shirley 
uses her quarter that she was going to use when Joey's done. She doesn't win anything, and Joey's like, huh, you thought I used my last quarter, but I didn't. <laughs> so Shirley puts in a quarter, and she's like, how could I lose? It's like, lady, you're in a casino. You're going to lose, like, 95% of the time. Where do you think you are? Every pull you make is going to be a winner? No. So Joey pops his quarter in there, and he is so overjoyed that he's like, the curse is broken, a $5 jackpot. So he figures he's even because the curse is broken. $5 and $100,000 are anywhere close in the same neighborhood as each other, Joey. So he's like, the next, the tip about gambling is knowing when to walk away. And Shirley, of course, puts in another quarter, and she gets, like, what, 25 bucks? So apparently, like, three, or three grapes gets you five bucks, but three oranges gets you $25. So yeah, she just like tripled on what Joey had. Like, oh baby, yeah, woo! And it's like, in your face, Mr. Gladstone! <laughs> $25 is a pretty good deal, especially, this is 1989 too, so it's like, I won five bucks! I won $25, woo! So I take it when Joey, he won, what, $2, then $10, then $20, right? So I'm just thinking, so basically what he spent, what he's won there in the casino is probably what he's been using to play the machine. That one machine, thinking he's going to win big again. I love how he says these these tips or rules of gambling. It's like, dude, Shirley's there all day, every day, okay? She's using her husband's life insurance money that she got or whatever money her three husbands left her when they died, which three husbands and they're all dead. I mean, consecutively, she didn't marry three guys at once, but <laughs> wow, um... I would be calling her, like, the Black Widow or something. Lady, what, what's up with this? Seriously? <laughs> I'd be concerned. You had three husbands and they all died on you, really. Hmm, well, I kind of wonder now. <laughs> I'm suspicious. So Becky goes back to her room. As soon as she opens the door and gets in the room, DJ and Stephanie practically plow into her, scaring her to death. Like, <gasps> I was like, okay, you kids want to be detectives, right? You do realize that you're trying to be incognito. You don't want the person you're trailing to know that you're trailing them. Smashing into them when they open a door and walk into a room is not being secretive. And it's not... You guys would be horrible detectives. You need to learn how to be stealthy. And that is not stealthy. Stephanie, of course, is like, so, Becky, how'd your secret errands go? And Becky's like, oh, well, they're not really secret. And she puts this uh, garment bag down on a bed, and she's holding a little pink bag that says Alibaba Hotel Casino something or other. Apparently, this place is humongous because it's got a bazillion shops, a, a jeweler. It's got a wherever Becky went to to get a dress, and then whatever she's holding. It's... Garter as she leaves the girls alone in the room and they start rifling. DJ goes straight for that garment bag, unzips it, like, oh, she brought a dress. And Stephanie's like, 
she's got this blue headband that she sticks on her head. I'm like, oh, at least that thing was not used because that would have been really nasty because that is something that just goes... It goes up the thigh, basically, because it's a garter. And the, you know the groom's supposed to take that off. Oh, I looked at the bag. It does say Alibaba Hotel Casino Dress and Gift Store or Shop. And DJ pulls out the phone book, and it's got a heart drawn around the ad for the Alibaba Hotel Wedding Chapel. Like, okay. And, of course, DJ locked the door, so Becky and Jesse are like, Girls, why is the door locked? What's going on? So they finally get it. I'm like, oh my gosh, Jesse and Becky are getting married. Uh, and it's taking you the any other person would have figured it out when they were overhearing Jesse's conversation. Granted, they're in a casino. Maybe all that noise from the casino was drowning out Jesse and Mr. Santana's voices. That's I'm gonna go with that theory. So DJ goes to open the door, realizes Stephanie still has that blue headband on. It's like, get the headband off. Go, go, go. Run, run, run. I'm just thinking, that reminds me of Double Dare, where they're going through the obstacle course. Like, go, go, go. Run, run, run. You only have a few minutes. Seconds left. <laughs> so, DJ opens the door. Jesse and Becky come in, and Jesse's like, what's going on in here? Because the whole time, right before DJ opens the door, like, Jesse and Becky are getting married. We solved the mystery. Yeah. And DJ and Steph make, like, the wind and they get out of there. And DJ brought the phone book with her, of course, for evidence, because now they want to, you know, possibly tell Danny and Joey. So, of course, we got to remember that Becky's room is right next to theirs. And the first thing Stephanie does is scream to Mr. Bear, Jesse and Becky are getting married! Like, shut up! Calm yourself, Steph. So DJ's like, Steph, shh. All right, look. They don't want us to know that they're getting married, so we got to keep it a secret. Yes, because that's worked so well so far. Not. You guys couldn't keep a secret if your life depended on it. You're not good detectives. You're not good secret. We know Stephanie isn't a good secret keeper. We've seen examples of that so far in the show's run. Even Stephanie is like, me? Keep this a secret? Do you know who you're talking to? So Danny and Joey come up. Danny's got Michelle. She's wearing this adorable little cow bath towel jacket thing with a hood on it. It's so cute. And DJ's like, hey, Michelle, how'd you like swimming in Lake Tahoe? And Michelle, this is so cute. Michelle's like, water too cold. Brr. <laughs> So, Danny and Joey right away realize something is up with the girls. Like, they're not being too, uh, they're not doing a good job hiding the fact that they have a secret. They're just being completely obvious. Like, they got a big juicy secret. Danny and Joey know exactly who to go to because Stephanie's got a history of blabbing. So, if you want deeds, you want, you want the dirt... You go to Stephanie, and you make her talk. Tour up to something? Uncle Jesse and Becky are getting married! <laughs> I don't know why, but they don't want us to know about it. So we gotta keep this a secret. Me? Keep this a secret? Do you know who you're talking to? Hey, we're back. Hi, Jiggs. Hi, hi. Hey, Michelle, how 
Okay, Stephanie, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, you do. where Uncle Jesse is and DJ's like uh Uncle Jesse and Stephanie tips off like okay there's something up here it's like uh never heard of him like Steph so Danny and Joey just look at each other like oh someone's got a secret so they grab Stephanie and put her in a chair almost like one of those um, interrogation type issues. And they're both on either side of her face. Like, oh, come on. You know you want to blab this juicy secret. Spill those magic beans. And Stephanie's like, well. And DJ runs up and like, come on, Steph, fight it, fight it. But Stephanie excuses herself and goes over to the bed where Michelle is and goes. And immediately Michelle's like, get to getting married. Like, why didn't you just talk into Mr. Bear's ear? <laughs> he ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> so they're like, well, why do you think he's getting married? And DJ pulls out the phone book with a heart around the wedding chapel and the time, 2 o'clock on there. And also that Becky got a dress, Jesse got a ring, because they have the empty bag that says jeweler on it. And it irritates me that Danny's all like, I gotta stop this wedding. Jesse is making such a huge mistake. And, of course, Joey's like, look, this is no different than when you and Pam ran off and got married. You remember that? And Danny's like, yeah, of course I remember. My mom cried for, like, a month. Both our parents went crazy. And, of course, 
Jesse, who was 13 at the time, beat up Danny to the point where he gave him a fractured rib. A 13-year-old boy beat up a 19-year-old man. Yikes. Uh, he was that angry. Like, how dare you take my sister from me? How dare you upset my family? But I'm still, I told Jeremy, I'm like, and the, I clearly feel that the reason that they got married so early is because he knocked her up. And because Danny's in college when DJ is born. Otherwise, they would have taken their time to get to know each other and then eventually got married. They would not have just went, because they eloped. So basically, if you want to call this a shotgun wedding, so yeah. Danny just, he will not be deterred. Like, no, Jesse's going to make the biggest mistake of his life. Becky's going to regret this. It's going to end badly. What if things had ended badly and Jesse and Becky just parted on bad terms? Danny's still got to work with Becky. That's his co-host that he has to see five days a week. So Danny heads out the room and he's wearing a button-down lavender purple Hawaiian-ish type shirt, but you look at his feet. He's wearing flip-flops. Well, because he was down at the beach, at the lake, or the whatever, with Michelle in the freezing cold Atlantic, not Atlantic, you freezing cold waters. I want to take my kid out there. I'm sure the Alibaba Hotel, if it's got a casino, if it's got a jeweler, and it's got a wedding chapel, it's got to have an indoor pool. Take her to the indoor pool. She would have been fine there, and that water is always heated. It's like bath water. But Danny's like, no, I have to stop this wedding. And Joey's like, do you know what you're doing? Do you see what you're wearing? You look ridiculous. So Michelle hops off the bed like, come on, let's go. And of course, Steph and DJ are like, uh, let's follow Michelle. But of course, DJ comes back in to shut the door. And she's like, since when is Michelle running this whole thing? Like, this was my idea to begin with. <laughs> so now we cut down to the chapel where Mr. Santana is also the minister or the the officiant for the ceremonies. And we see a couple that from behind, they don't look anything like Jesse and Becky. I guess you're supposed to think like, oh no, it's too late. As Danny runs and says, stop, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. And they turn and it's a, it's a nice Asian couple. What are you doing? I love how the groom just looks at Danny, like, eyes him, like, up and down as in taking in, like, his wardrobe. And first of all, it's like, I don't know who you are. Excuse me? So this is apparently a in and out situation with get the marriage done in under two minutes, push him out the door, say, oh, by the way, you can get your parking validated. And then there's another couple that are sitting there waiting to go up. Of course, they arrive a little early because, well, Danny was like, we got five minutes to stop the wedding. So Jesse and Becky come in like, what are you guys doing here? Actually, now that I think about it, I think the man and woman that were sitting in the, the pew actually were like, I'm guessing like a groomsman or best man and a... Is it a maid of honor? Because they look like they're ready to be hustled out as well. Like, maybe they were with them. 
I don't know. That aisle only has room for two people in it. So Danny is, like, pleading with Jesse, like, Jesse, please don't do this. I'm trying to save you from the same mistake that I made. And if I were a DJ, I'd be like, oh, great. So I was a mistake, basically. I guess he's just trying to say, like, Jesse, you're running into this too fast. You're not thinking straight. You need to just, just literally don't do this. This isn't the way. I know you want to get married, but wait a bit. I'm sure if Danny and Pam hadn't been pregnant with DJ at the time, they would have gotten married, just not at 19. <laughs> and Danny's like, don't you remember how angry you were when you found out I was eloping with your sister? And Jesse's like, yeah, I beat you up. And you know what? I think I might do it again. Like, Danny, let him do this if they want to do it. I mean, they're not going to because, well, you'll find out. So Becky says, you know, we were going to tell everyone tonight and then throw a big party when we get home for our family and friends. I'm like, yeah, because that's how your mom wants to find out that her daughter got married. That, of course, she's got to be the youngest because I remember her dad saying, "You're Je Jesse, Mr. Kazavlis, you're marrying my baby tomorrow. So she is the baby of the family. You really think your parents want to find out, oh, hi, Mom, hi, Dad. I want to let you know that I got married over the weekend uh, in, Ve in uh, Vegas. So, yeah, we're actually putting together a party. So if you want to come and celebrate our nuptials, I would be, if that were my kid, I would be angry. It's like, I want to, it makes me think of, remember Roseanne when Becky went off and got married to Mark? They just went and did it. Got married at some Justice of the Peace, some house of someone with Justice of the Peace or whatever. And Becky comes back and Roseanne's like, you know, I really would have wanted to be there. I know it's not a big deal to me, to you, but it was to me. It's like, come on. I mean, I know it's not about the parents, but come take into consideration the parents, the ladies especially, dream of the day, especially if they have a daughter or even for a son. It's like, yeah, they want to be there. For That is a big, big occasion a wedding is. I mean, it's one thing if you don't get along with your parents and whatever, you're estranged, like, fine, but don't leave your parents out. Let them celebrate and enjoy and just relish in the fact that their child is, you know, starting their life with their mate. And celebrating that joy and happiness. So, Mr. Santana, this guy is just, not only is he bubbling over with energy, and everything in excitement. But now this is this is what I think gets to Becky. It's Becky's rush, rush, rush. There's no time to think. And he's constantly like, look, the Kovalmans are getting married in like 15 minutes. I mean, make that 12 minutes. We got to get this going, okay? So Mr. Santana grabs Michelle, like, sweetie, you're going to be the little flower girl. You two, would you like to... Well, Becky's like, can you girls be my maid maids of honor? Like, okay, sure, sure. All of this is just happening so fast, and Becky's head is spinning. And then, of course, 
Mr. Santana turns into the Micro Machines man because <laughs> eventually when there's like less than five minutes left, it's like they're eating up a lot of time because Becky and Jesse find out there's a, they both want different things when it comes to where they're going to live. Are they going to stay in California? Are they going to move out of state for her job? Because she's thinking, well, if I get a job somewhere else, then we would have to move. Because you know that Jesse, he's a rock and roller, and he's he's a musician, so it's not like he's going to have a big job that's going to take him out of the state. Maybe on gigs or something, but basically, Becky's going to be the breadwinner. She's the one with the talk show. And of course, there's a matter of children. I remember <clears throat> when, um, in the episode Baby Love, when they were discussing about whether or not Stephanie should be watching a monster movie. And then that gets into the whole thing about them with baby names. Like, oh, well, my son, uh, you know, Dustin. Or, well, no, if we had a son, his name would be Prescott. And the daughter's name would be Emily, which, of course, they never go with any of those names once uh, the twins are born. But even still, it's like... Yeah, and he, at that point, they were only dating for, what, three months at that time? But still, he, these are important things that in the six months, I'm sure you talk about, like, oh, I want to have this many kids and this and that, but you don't start getting to the serious issues. I say once you've been, once you get past the six-month to a year mark, like you've been putting in time into this relationship, and clearly, if you feel it, relationship is this is it this is my mate this is my life partner you start talking about those issues you're not going to start hashing them out on your way to the altar because mr santana's like may you be blessed with many 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 children and jesse's like and soon it's like uh excuse me <laughs> so i'm gonna play this clip it's just like wow this they learned that they gotta learn more about each other and work out their differences. Alright, so I'm gonna play the clip of the wedding. Or elopement, or however you wanna call it. By the power vested in me by the <laughs> fabulous state of Nevada, I now pronounce you husband. Stop. You're making a horrible mistake. <laughs> Stay. This is my wedding day. All right. How 
want you girls like to be my bridesmaids. Oh, yeah! Daddy! And I want you two boys to be my best man. Best men. Yeah! <laughs> That's a good thing I wore my formal cabana suit. Brooks, all this chit-chat is cutting into your 12 minutes, which is now 8. Princess, you're going to be our little flower girl. Hey, just Music. the real wedding happens. <laughs> places, everybody! Places! Her little cow jacket. That's adorable. <laughs> Dearly beloved, we are gathered here at the fabulous Alibaba Hotel and Casino Wedding Chapel to share with these two people their commitment to journey together wherever life's roads may take them. Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to stay right here in San Francisco, honey. It just means that we'll always be together. Go ahead. Thanks. Uh, well, wait a minute. Uh, what if I get a better job offer in New York? I mean, then we'd have to move. <laughs> Excuse us one second. Come here. <laughs> hey, New York, what are you talking about? Well, it's just hypothetical. I mean, it could be Los Angeles, Chicago, anywhere. I just meant wherever life's journey takes me, we go together. Well, what's wrong with San Francisco? My family lives there, my band, my advertising career. Five minutes! No pressure! <laughs> advertising career anywhere. Okay, sweetheart. Hurry up, people, hurry up! <laughs> Today, you begin your first day together as a family. May your marriage be blessed with many, many children. And soon. Well, <laughs> not too soon. Not too soon, maybe you. Well, I don't know. Five, ten years? Five or ten years? I thought we'd have five or ten kids. Excuse me? Excuse us. We'll be right back. Are you insane? <laughs> No, these are all the reasons why you should not get married right now. <laughs> Let's come right to the chase. Do you, Jesse Katopoulos, take Rebecca Donaldson to be your lovely wedded wife from Air Force, etc., etc., to let your part say, I do. <laughs> I do. Do you, Rebecca Donaldson, take Jesse Katopoulos to be your lovely wedded husband from Better or for Worse uh, in Sickness and Health, etc., etc., to let your part say, Not yet, anyway. Yeah, that's really the best thing. <laughs> I do. Oh. I'm a 
Mr. Santana is like, get him in, get him out. Because he keeps bringing up the Copelmans who have the wedding chapel in 15 minutes. You saw how he pushed out the other people. Like, if you hurry, you'll get your parking validated. It's like, dude, Mr. Santana needs to chill out for a minute. But then again, it's like, yeah, I mean, and I'm just thinking, you know, Becky and Danny were there promoting their show and then, um... It's like, yeah, one of the people that's a public figure or a TV personality is getting married. I'm sure he'd definitely want to promote the heck out of that. <laughs> Granted, she's not uber famous because it's just San Francisco, but still. So Mr. Santana pretty much takes over. This guy wears many hats. He owns the casino or he's the manager or whatever. And he also runs the chapel. He, he, he does it all, this man. This one man does all. All these different things. So he has Michelle be the flower girl. And mind you, Michelle is wearing her little bathing suit, little baby high tops, and that cow jacket. <laughs> and it just makes me think of the wedding, the two-part wedding episode, the actual wedding episode, and how some of this is kind of similar to that. And in season four, Michelle is the flower girl. And it's funny because Jesse is like, hey, I want you guys to be my best man. I mean, my best man. And it's funny because later on, when he has to choose a best man between just between Joey and Danny, he can't do it. But here it's like, you're both here. You're both my best men. I mean, he eventually does choose them to be his best men in his actual wedding, but... So Mr. Santana, he wants to, like, get them up there, get them married, get them out. He's got a quota to fill. So he's like, all this chit-chat has turned your 12 minutes into 8 minutes. And he gets them up there. And right away, it's Stephanie's question when Mr. Santana talks about the journey that Becky and Jesse are going to make. She's like, well, where are you going? And Jesse's like, oh, honey, we're going to stay right here in San Francisco. But Becky's like, well, wait a minute. No, if I get a job offer in New York, then we'd have to go. It's like, yeah, you're not relying on Jesse's, you know, advertising company or his band playing gigs to kind of keep you guys afloat because it definitely would not. And she's clearly the breadwinner in the family. Of course, Jesse kind of balks at this, like, what are you talking about? What's this New York? And she's like, well, it could be anywhere. It could be Los Angeles. It could be Chicago. Just, I figure, wherever my job takes me, we go together because we're married. And he's like, yeah, but my band is here, my advertising company. You can take your advertising company with you. You're just an independent contractor or whatever you want to want to call it. You can take it anywhere. And his family is there. Yes, I get that. But sometimes you got to move out of the nest. You go where the job takes you. So that is issue number one that sends them down the aisle. And Jesse's like, hey, look, we'll, we'll hash this out once we you know, say I do. And once we've officially tied the knot, we'll work on all these little things. Because that is the first thing. The next thing that's going to come up is... Mr. Santana, really? What if Becky couldn't have kids? And you're like, I hope you were blessed with many, many, many children. It's like, that could be insensitive to somebody who might not be able to have kids. What if she couldn't have kids? 
I've never, and shows that have had weddings on shows before, never has the minister or the person officiating the ceremony brought up, I hope you have many, many, many children. Children is never brought up in that. Of course, this now causes an issue between Jesse and Becky. This is a hot button topic. Because Jesse's like, oh yeah, and soon. And Becky's like, well, I hope not too soon. And he's like, what, what, what are you talking about? When do you want to start having kids? She's like, well, I don't know, like five, ten years. And Jesse's like, well, I thought we'd have five or ten kids. Like, are you nuts? That is insane. <laughs> and it, you know Becky is all about her career. That's why she didn't want to get into a relationship right away with him. And she wants to wait. And he kind of wants to jump right in. It's like, you have your three nieces. Enjoy them. Let This is, children is a big, big thing. It's a big, big thing that you both have to be, you go, you both, she does want children. She just doesn't want them, like, within six months of being married, which is understandable. So, again, they go down the aisle they're like, blah, 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 blah. and then it's like, don't worry, we'll talk about it later once we've said I do. Finally, it's like, okay, we got to get you two married because we have like less than two minutes now. So he rushes through the vows, Mr. Santana does, just cuts for the chase. You, Jesse Katsopoulos, take Rebecca Donaldson to be your lovely wife through sickness and health and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And Jesse's like, I do, as he goes to slip the ring on her finger. Mr. Santana looks at Becky, says the same thing. Do you, Rebecca Donaldson, take Jesse Katsopoulos to be your lawfully wedded husband and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And she is so frazzled. She is just like, I, 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 finally I think I need more time to think this over. And Mr. Santana's like, think fast. You have 48 seconds before the Koblenz are going to come down the aisle. And she just runs, and Jesse kind of looks at her like, Becky, I thought, and his mind is like, wait a minute, we both wanted this. I mean, you got a dress, I got a ring for you. you we both agree. I just, this feels it went way too fast to the point where Becky's mind is still processing. Her mind is probably still in that hotel room and having him propose. Like, they move fast like a speedy bullet. When you move fast like that, I get that he's spontaneous and he really just jumps into things, but this is not something you jump into. And she pretty much just runs down the altar like the runaway bride and tosses her little bouquet to the Copelmans, which are right in the doorway. Jesse, of course, is shocked, basically just thinking, great, she doesn't love me, she broke my heart. And Michelle goes over to Jesse, puts an arm on his shoulder, and says, I do. You know, because we were all waiting for Becky's I do, and she said, I think I need more time. It's like, because uh, that's, you know, what you wanted to hear from Becky. And she, little Michelle, just trying to be supportive. Oh. And you do feel bad for Jesse for, I kind of felt, you know, when I saw this, I kind of felt bad. A little bit, but then I realized this is nuts. Guys, you've been together six months. She's clearly, even when she was going through, like, I need a band. I need a space for the reception. I need to get a hold of my parents and my family because I want them to be there. 
I need at least six months, which I'd say six months to a year is a great amount of time. You can start getting your stuff ready that you want to do and have time to actually put in the work. And, and I'm not going to lie, guys. Wedding stuff is stressful. I'm happy I had the people like my my sister helping me along the way, helping me with the decisions. Like, what do you want? Do you want this? Do you want that? And and everything. And it's just like, it's, it's a whirlwind. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be like, ugh, how many more decisions we got to make? But I'll get more into that when I cover the actual wedding. But Jesse just practically collapses on the steps of that altar and just his heart is just broken like Becky doesn't love me she doesn't want to marry me what did I do wrong real quick before we move to the next scene of Jesse sitting on the floor against his bed crying um I took a look at the chapel like really looked at it's gotta the colors are white and pink and red and it's just, it's got kind of a Valentine's Day feel. I like how they have, like, pink hearts, like, cut out of wood. Like, that's where the couple would go up to, you know, profess their exchange vows and everything like that. And the carpet is red. And then you have this, um, like, white trellis in the background with, like, vines and stuff. going. Oh, I'm sorry, not vines. Actually, red roses. That, it makes me think of Valentine's Day. Right, so now we get to Jesse's bedroom where he's leaning against the side of his bed. On the, he's on the floor. He's crying. He's listening to Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. There are many different renditions of that song. I think one that I'm familiar with, aside from the original, is going to be Michael Bolton's Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. I like his faux fur comforter on there or blanket on there it's got like a leopardy print ish with it, it just it's I like it it's I got like a kind of a a, a white faux fur one that's really nice too actually now I think about it, I'm sitting on it because this chair that I got is actually um it's made out of faux le leather so it's uh it's kind of cold <laughs> because <laughs> um, my podcasting desk is actually right next to the slider door here. And, of course, it's, like, <laughs> chilly. But anyway, okay, back to Full House. I really like Jesse's black and teal striped sh silk shirt. I think that one might go for the best uh, outfit of, uh, yeah, best outfit of the episode. And, of course, he's going to go for worth for that. <sighs> white turtleneck with that blazer. Ugh. So I um, don't really know how much time has really passed since they've gotten back from Nevada, whether it's been a week, whether it's been two weeks, whether Becky's been calling him and he's not uh, talking to her. I don't know. So there's a knock at the door. It's Becky asking Jesse if she can talk to him. My guess is he's been avoiding her calls and she figures the only way I can talk to him is actually if I see him face to face. And you do see a tear track down the side of Jesse's face. And I I don't think that's a real tear. I think that's the uh, the movie tears that they use or the TV show tears. If, like if you can't cry on command, then they got to put that stuff in your eyes. 
Of course, you know Jesse, he's Mr. Tough Guy, so he's gonna jump on the phone, pretend he's talking to some lady, like, oh yeah, hey, Crystal, I'm a free man now. First, I didn't know, what did he put underneath his pillow? I'm just kind of looking at it, so I went back, I'm like, is that the ring that he had given her, or is that maybe the ring he had for himself? I don't know. But I've seen this episode so many times, I never really picked up on that. So yeah, he puts his ring under his pillow, and he turns off the jukebox. Of course, as he's doing this, he's kind of wiping his eyes, you know, wiping the tears away. And then he jumps on the phone and pretends he's talking to a girl named Crystal, saying he's a free man. Like, sure, I can go out this week. And yeah, of course. Of course, Jesse's got the receiver held down, so the phone starts ringing like an actual call is coming in. Like, whoops. But I'm thinking, when he says Crystal, is that kind of a throwback to the Bachelor charity auction, that Crystal that was bidding on him? I don't know. Part of me likes to think, like, oh yeah, that's how he's going to get back at her. Like, I'm going to go after that lady Crystal. The one who was married who was going to pay $1,000 for me. So he hangs up the phone, and he's like, hey, Beck, hey, babe, how's it going? <laughs> and she just kind of looks at him like, Jess, come on, you don't have to put on this fake act for me. She knows that he's been hurting, and he's been crying. Like, she knows that she hurt him by just leaving him at the altar like that. So he, he does this boxer stance. Like, she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. And he's all like, what are you talking about? You're talking to Jesse Katsopoulos here, all right? I'm a fighter. I go down, I get right back up again. And, and she puts a hand on his shoulder, and he just, he stops the act right away. So Jesse's getting honest here, and I'm starting to get a little teared up. Because he turns to face her, and he says, how could you do that to me? How could you just walk out on me? Do you know that killed me? And and your heart does break for him, you know? He does love this girl, but... Jesse, six months of dating, and you want to walk down the aisle? Guy! I get it. He was just so in love, and he was so... in the moment and everything, and she got swept away in it, too, and I understand that and everything, but it's like, guy, you're gonna... There was no way that was gonna work out with and not end without with her running out of that chapel like that. And Becky kind of turns away from him. It's like I just I, I'm I'm sorry. I just I needed time to think. I mean everything was happening so fast. And he's all like, Yeah, what's wrong with things happening fast? It's like, Are you serious? And she looks at him like. You were ready to get married and move into my place and start our lives together after six months. And she's like, and also have children and turn your life upside down? It's like, that is... I think if she had actually went through with that, that would have been something that by the end of the day, you're already regretting it. Like, we really need to work out these differences. And Jesse just comes off as the type of, it's my way or no way. Which she brings that up. Like, why does it need to be all or nothing with you? Jesse's like, look, that's how I do things. I see something that I want, I go for it, and I commit to it. And she's like, Jesse, look, we didn't even think things through. Like, really think them through. When we were 
walking up the aisle and down the aisle and up the aisle and down the aisle, we realize we have some really big differences that we need to work out. And she says, you know, even we've learned that we have some differences that we need to work out, but we have something in common. And he's like, what's that? And she's like, that we love each other. Because before that, he was like, oh, yeah, Becky, thank you for showing me the light that we were going to make a huge mistake. It's like, and I get this whole, you know, he's coming off of this all or nothing. It's like, either we're going to get married or we're just not going to be together. It's like, we do it now or we don't do it at all. It's like, seriously. And he looks at her surprised, like, you still love me? And she's like, look, I almost married you at the Alibaba Hotel and Casino Wedding Chapel, okay? Now that is love, babe. It's just, it's so sweet. It's like, yes, you guys just take time. Get to know each other and everything like that. And then plan the wedding. That way, it's going to be a lot better if you just take the time and just... Enjoy dating each other and stuff like that. Because once you're husband and wife, it's like things do change. So, <laughs> the realization hits Jesse like a ton of bricks. Like, oh my god, we almost got married. Like, yeah? <laughs> so, basically, he, the whole reason for him proposing and everything is like, I was just so excited about you saying that you love me. And I just... I was so wrapped up in that feeling, I didn't want it to end, so I proposed. I mean, I get it. I get it, definitely. You're flying high on that romance, on that feeling, that emotion of love. And they're right when they say love does make you do crazy things, like run off in the lope, you know? So he's like, yeah, I, did. I just, I didn't think about the next day or the days after. I just... Why did you say yes anyway? Are you crazy? And she's like, I'm crazy. Mm, I'm crazy about you. I was like, oh, my heart. I love it. Oh, I love how he's like right back at you, babe. Oh, I love them so much. So they kiss and she's like, can we keep getting to know each other? It's like, yes, yes. Because when I get married, it's going to be forever. And then, of course, we cut to the door, and Michelle comes in. And she's like, you okay, Jesse? And, of course, Jesse knows the rest of the family is, like, right behind her, out in the hallway. And he's like, come on in, guys. You didn't have to send in the munchkin spy. And, of course, they come in, like, well, we were waiting for the right time to send Michelle in. <laughs> And it's like, it's okay, everything's good. I mean, we're not getting married right now, but we're still in love. I love how he draws out the love. So he turns on the jukebox again, and it's just, that's how the, the episode ends. It's just everything's good and golden, and they're going to take time to get to know each other. And then eventually you'll plan their wedding out the way they want to have it. So I want to play this clip between Jesse and Becky just kind of ironing, you know, expressing their hurt and just all their feelings and just getting everything out in the open and realizing, yes, let's take it slow, let's get to know each other, and then we can worry about say, saying I do. <laughs> Jess, it's Becky. 
guys i know this went on forever and i just 
I hope you enjoyed it. I know I, I, I rambled a little bit here and there, but uh, I just, I love Jesse and Becky. They're such a power couple. I know we have DJ and Steve and we have Danny and Vicky, but I just love Jesse and Becky because we get to see them from the beginning from season two to when they get married halfway through season four. And of course, you know, the wedding isn't going to, you know, the, the journey leading up to the wedding, of course, is going to be fraught with things that are going to come up. We still have breaking up is hard to do. Granted, that is not going to be in the Jesse and Becky love story. That is going to be in the breakup series that I will do most likely sometime this year. Um, but from here, we are going to go to Greek Week, which is the season four episode one opener. But for this episode, of course, the best outfit of the episode is, I just, I love Jesse's black and teal striped shirt. The worst uh, outfit of the episode is going to be, hands down, Jesse's cream white turtleneck with the baby blue blazer that he's wearing over it. It's just like, ugh. Just no. <laughs> uh, lesson learned from this episode. I'm going to go with guys. I know being in love is an amazing emotion, feeling that you feel for somebody. But don't, don't do what they did. You saw a prime example of people that have been dating for six months and they realized they got a lot of stuff. They don't know about each other, especially the big things. When after, What happens after you get married? Job offers that are going to take you probably out of state or out, away from your family. That's things that you got to think about. Do you want to have kids? Can you have kids? How many children do you want to have if you can have them? Um, another thing, a big thing that couples fight about, if it's not about kids, it's going to be about money. If you're going to have separate bank accounts, if you're going to have... A joint bank account. There's another thing. Sharing finances. Paying bills. Keeping house. Making dinner. Just all of that rolled into... It's, just, it, it's a lot of stuff. It's two people from two different worlds coming together. Sharing not only their lives, their interests, their habits. It's... You need more than six months to get to know somebody. I'm sorry, but you really do. I mean, Jeremy and I dated for three and a half years before we walked down the aisle. Granted, yes, we were living together, so we learned quite a bit about each other. The bottom line, don't, don't, I get it if maybe you're estranged from your family and everything and you guys just, you, that's, that's up to you if you want to just up and elope, but it's like. Think about the other person. Do they want a big... That's another thing. Think about, you know, do you want a big wedding? Do you want a just small intimate wedding? Do you want to just run off and elope? I mean, it's up to you what you want to do. Uh, honestly, I'm going to... If I had to pick a worse person, you know, I love Jesse, but this episode, he just... Wow. That jealousy fuel was just... Pfft, full throttle for him was just ridiculous. Like... That could have cost Becky her job and just the whole thing with, the, you know, the girls gambling and Joey just 
mean, that, of course, the girls gambling and Joey was plot B. But it's always kind of fun when the characters go to a place that we haven't seen before. But Jesse is going to, he's going to be the worst for this episode just for that whole jealousy thing. That was just, that was way over the top. And I think, honestly, maybe runner-up for the worst is going to be Joey because of how he was acting over that slot machine. Like, oh, you can't play it. No, I just won the big $100,000 jackpot. No, no one's going to touch this machine but me. Uh, as far as for the best of the episode, um, I want to go with Becky because she realized... You know, she still loves Jesse. She still one day wants to get married to him, but she knew what she wanted. She wanted to wait. And if it took going up and down the aisle a few times and realizing they have different views on things to see that happen, she saved her and Jesse from making a mistake that they weren't ready to get married yet. So, all right, let's take a look at the next entry for next week in the Jesse and Becky A Love Story series. Season 4, episode 11, entitled Greek Week, which aired on September 21st, 1990. Jesse's grandparents visit from Greece with some unexpected guests in tow. Namely, Elena, played by Jennifer Gatti. Let's see, has she been in anything that I would know? She's still working. Oh, she was in a she was a nurse in the show The Resident. Let's see. Apparently she was a therapist in an episode of One Tree Hill in season four. I'll have to look. Okay, I wanna go check that out. Because I think I know what they're talking about. I think it's when uh Deb had that drug problem and uh <laughs> they had an intervention with her, which uh turned out to be kinda comical. Uh, she was only one episode of Full House as Elena. We also get a boy who, if you guys are familiar with Alf, let's see, where's the boy's name? He played Silvio, Josh Blake, who played Jake Akmonic. So, look forward to Greek Week, and then after Greek Week, the... The wedding is going to be the last week of January, the wedding two-parter, so. After that, we'll have Fuller House, where Jesse moves into Becky's place, and then they end up moving into the attic of the Tanner home. And then we have Rock the Cradle, where Becky finds out she's expecting a baby. After that, we have the birth of Nikki and Alex. And then the final one is going to be from season... One episode 13 of Fuller House where Jesse and Becky renew their vows. And that will be the final episode in the Jesse and Becky A Love Story series. So everyone have a great week or weekend and week. And also, if you are enjoying the podcast and would like to support the podcast, go on to iTunes, go on to Apple Podcasts, your podcast app, to the Full House, Fuller House podcast, just type in Full House podcast, the Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up and leave a five-star review, or leave a review, use emojis if you want to, describe your favorite character, favorite episode, I'd like to see if I can tell which one it is, 
And also, if you have memories of Full House, if you want to share your memories or just comments or questions, see if you can stump, stump me with a Full House question that I might not know. We can test that theory because I'm pretty good. I'm pretty well versed in my Full House knowledge just do that at omhc fhfh podcast at gmail.com all right bye bye